This is the old 77 podcast. Thank you for listening to the old 77 podcast. Oh, Connell. I'm laying on the couch, falling through the Doctor Who tunnel. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, I've got to pee so bad. And all of a sudden, I saw that bathroom, like in the movies, like get way the fuck. Oh, it just zoomed it just out. Zoomed the fuck out. Now, I'm over here holding on to the wall like a kid in a maze. So I've got a hand on each wall, my junk dangling down, and I am and I hear it hitting the water, and I'm judging by the pitch. Yeah, that's cool. I'm yeah. judging by the pitch. He's and, over there and, tuning, yeah. tuning a piano. And by the way, I didn't spill a drop either. Oh, who are you? Here we go. Hey, bitches. This is Old 77 Podcast. It's a safe place. In an unsafe world. Impressive. Warning. Foul language may occur due to the subject matter. Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. Join our Patreon Clubhouse today. Clubhouse members get early access to episodes and exclusive after-hours content at patreon.com slash the old 77 podcast. Why don't you go home and fuck your mother some more? Yeah, boy! Thanks for listening. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Coming to you live from the comfy confines of the old 77 studios in Jeff City, Missouri, this is the old 77 in a unsafe world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh boys, it's good. It's good to see all your faces again. It's, it's good to be back all in the studio, y'all. We had a little uh, a little break in the recording action because of work and me traveling and work, all that good stuff, and more yeah, work. So work. it's been uh, it's been more than a week since we've seen each other. So um, feels I, like it's been a month. I was super excited to come and hang out with you, and we have all the way. From Tower Studios, Auckland, New Zealand. In Auckland, New Zealand. I mean, you may have heard of it. It's yeah. a little, little tiny, tiny island fortress. That's right. <laughs> we have JT from the Paranormal Sound. What's up, brother? <laughs> Welcome back. Pleasure. It's always great to be here. And uh, yeah, I know. I, I after I talked to you, Scotty, and I realized how busy it is with the college football. Mm. I started seeing it on because we we've, we've basically only got two channels here that show US sports so ESPN and ESPN2 and I saw all the the games popping up I was oh, like yeah. oh yeah man that 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 boy will be busy cuz I tend to forget it's like 5 days a week now they play the games oh god yes yeah true they spread it out they started on Thursday and then we have Friday games and you know all that shit uh <laughs> JT I know you're a Cardinals fan are you do are, do you follow college football at all uh, because I was too busy. My, my preparation for college was basically saying, oh, I'm not doing the SAT. What's the point? Um, I, I do a little, but <clears throat> support teams from like where I've lived. So like, for example, if the Illini are doing good, great, you know, I'll yeah. support them. I'll support Missouri. I'll yeah, support all anyone from the Pacific Northwest. But yeah, I, I don't have a team and it's like ride or die. Um, yeah, same. probably more in college basketball than than college football. But yeah, when when I was growing up, there was still enough difference between college football and the NFL. Yeah, like the two point conversion and all that. That right. it was a different game than now. It's just, I, I get why they do it. Don't get me wrong, but now it's like it's 
all seems to be very similar. Yeah. The NFL and college football, like the schemes they run in that. And, and again, I get that. So the players come up to the NFL, they're already familiar, but um, yeah, I, I just didn't watch it uh, all that much. I'd watch the bowl games and that. And yeah. Usually I'd watch uh, the orange bowl and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, it, it wasn't like if you ranked it in my sports lists, it would be down down a bit down there with the nhl and that sports yeah sports what sports are big in new zealand is uh is football as predominant over there as it is here in the states i think it'd be a different kind of football right well football here if you say football um football is thought of here as you uh, believe it or not um Believe it or not, guys, holy crap, I actually listened to your last episode, and I listened to it, like, during the week. So I actually <laughs> – yeah, I actually heard a bit of the conversation. So, um, yeah, it, it is. That's it. I mean, here football is considered soccer by most people, mm-hmm. and if you use the term footy, then people think of uh, what's called um, rugby league. So you've got rugby union, uh, rugby league, and they're – like they they play with the same ball, but aside from that, the games are quite a bit different. Uh, so rugby union were the we traditionally we've been like the tree in the world at that. Um, and then you've got cricket is probably like a fair way down the list, like in second play. And then I mean basketball, uh, like the American sports, probably the only ones that haven't really caught on here is. What, what they call ice hockey here because they play field hockey. So not lacrosse, but like they, it, it's a weird game. They play like on AstroTurf and shit. It's, uh-huh. it, it's like the first time I saw it, I was like, what is this? Cause it isn't lacrosse, but it's like outdoor hockey. And they play with like a, almost a wiffle ball. Um, and then you've got, um, do they run around like, or are they like I say, skates? like soccer? Yeah, no, they, 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 they run around. It's a, it's a, I don't, I don't know if it's in the Olympics, but it's definitely a Commonwealth sport game. And the thing with us here, it's it's like um, it's kind of like I've, I've said it before, but it's like Canada and the U.S. Right? It's big brother, little brother. So we've got that relationship with Australia. So any sport we beat Australia in, everybody likes. So <laughs> I bet. yeah, it's like yeah, I bet. you'll have these obscure sports, and it's like, but we beat Australia. So <laughs> that's right. I forget you guys have a big rivalry with oh, yeah. Australia because my one of my Australian friends was criticizing Outback Outback Steakhouse because they got some kind of New Zealand fucking thing on their menu. I don't know what it is, but she's like, and no self-respecting Australians going to eat whatever from New Zealand. Kiwi from New Zealand. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but it's. It's 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 generally it is really a it's like that Canadian American uh, bond. It's you give each other shit, but it's like but you don't let anybody else give 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 the other right. shit. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah, that's my I, country. You don't talk shit about that them. And, <laughs> that's our rival. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. I, I've been at rugby games and you'll be giving each other shit, and then somebody from like. France or something pipes up and they're like, shut up, frog, you know? It's like, this is none of your business. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Can, Settle down. Can a person from New Zealand tell the difference between an Australian accent and a New Zealand accent? Uh, all day, man. Yeah. All day. Yeah, it's okay. just like how you can tell a Canadian. It's like I say, it's, it, I, I know life is rarely this simple, but it's – Aside from the fact that we're a small country and Canada's like this massive country, I mean, 
like when you look at population US versus Canada, you look at like industry, all of that, it's it's very much like New Zealand and Australia. And the Aussies I mean, I've got lots of Aussie friends, but yeah, we like to make fun of uh the way they pronounce things sometimes. So like you've well got you should. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just the emphasis they put on different words. Mm-hmm. Um I was trying to think of one. They, they they like inflect at the end of their sentences sometimes. And, so and it always goes and then, up. Like they'll they'll Yeah, exactly. You're exactly. talking about these? And, and then again. Where it always <laughs> goes up. And then uh, and then Australia is obviously a massive place. So depending on the region where you're from and uh where you live, you're gonna the, the accents are, are different. But there are kind of key words that you can usually spot an Aussie if you say, say this for me. And if they say that, you know right away, okay, they're, 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 not, a, they're not a New Zealander, they're an Aussie. Um, our accent here, well, I shouldn't say our because mine isn't like full-blown New right. Zealand. Um, Yours but is acquired. here it, it's mellow. Um, yeah, it, it's like, again, it's like the Canadians. Yeah. So, and no, we don't say a boot here. We, we don't say a boot. <laughs> And we don't call everyone guy. Um, but, I haven't but seen yeah, that's one it. it's, flip it's top head yet accent. either. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen one flip top head either. To be fair, I've never heard my Canadian We're square co-host. wheels on the course. <laughs> Do you guys say mate? All the time. Yeah. Okay, so that's, that's a lot. Of, a lot of people do though. Like they, that's a big one in the UK. Like you think of Australia and in yeah. that region of the world when you hear that, but like people in the UK do that all the time. One of my favorite phrases that I that I at least used to always hear people from Australia say is "No worries." I love using "No worries." I use "No worries" all the time, but I feel like that's one that I, I heard I, in, I, I in an Australian you. accent the first yeah. time I heard it. Sounds like it would fit. Um, yeah. And the thing about mate, whether it's from the UK or Australia or New Zealand, it's one of those words that depending on the way you emphasize it, it can mean completely different things. It's like, sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, f- I feel like, the word d- Depending cunt. on emphasis. Yeah. <laughs> I feel the word cunt Don't, is the same thing yeah. for you guys. Our buddy. Yeah. Cunt, cunt is not a yeah, – cunt is not a, a – bad term here at all yeah it's not offensive. it never has been it wasn't yeah. in australia it's not it's not banned on tv so um <laughs> but but we've got different different um different kind of sub definitions so if you say for example if me and dave were talking about you scotty and we kind of were joking around about you and then he goes uh then i might say oh yeah oh, but scotty's a good cunt um <laughs> and that's basically that you're you're a good guy at the end yeah. of the, yeah. the end of the day but on the other hand you, you you might say oh yeah oh he's a real cunt and it will mean he's an asshole or he's a douche or, so it's like fucker um, whatever yeah. the case may be versus yeah top. yeah uh my sister had a but yeah, friend. Yeah, again, it's my sister had a friend, and I want to say he was from the UK. Um, but the word that that she told me that he used to use as like a term of endearment is "winch." Huh. 
Like in America, winch is like an insulting term. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know about that one. I, I've I only think... I've only been mad enough at a woman to break that one out a couple of times. Yeah, I don't think you I've know. I gotta get, I gotta that. really get medieval on a chick. Yeah, you know? but apparently, like I said, I think it, I think it was from the UK. Um, apparently, it's like not a big deal there. Yeah, I think when you hear "cunt" in an Australian or New Zealand accent, <laughs> it just hits different to your ears than when you hear it with our. Yeah, accent. I think Says everything... the guy with a with a southern accent. Yeah. Like if I come up and I go, "Hey, you fucking cunt." Yeah, it's gonna sound a little different. You're gonna. T- I'd rather be called a cunt by an Australian or a New Zealander than I would than too. An American, yeah, I, I would I too. I think the accent and how it sounds to the ear, yeah, is it just doesn't have that offensive thing. It's You're got a right. friendly. Feel You're right. To it's it. it's got a friendly feel, just not that that fuck you in your face Southern like. Well, fuck you, you cunt. I had a friend that I used to work with, a female friend, and she. Like she did not like the word cunt did not bother her, but the word bitch bothered mm. her. Which for me, it's like that's, the opposite. Like that's how it is here, Dave. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, really? You, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. to me, like, I love bitch. It, bitch is the buzzword that you, if you call a woman a bitch here, then it's like escalation time. It's yeah. If, it, if it's two women, then that's generally okay. It's on to fist fighting. Oh, yeah. If Careful. it's a guy calls a woman that, it's usually like yeah, the stare of death. You know, so <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you got to be careful with your words. Well, it depends. Is she being a cunt? <laughs> or a bitch or a bitch i mean jesus <laughs> what, what 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 well you see i just get an out because they go oh he's american you know i'll go oh yeah i don't know i don't know any better yeah i've only been here 20 years i don't know anything <laughs> how many times do you get away with uh, that no english no uh, no no oh, no english I, I've uh, I, I've got away with it a few times. I mean, generally it's look. I, I'm like anyone. I mean, I can play games and I can be in a shitty mood. And I've I've had different jobs where I know that that using a certain word or using someone like a name they don't like. Like what I mean is like their name might be, for example, Cecil, right? Which is a woman's name, but I'll call him Cecil because. <laughs> And it's a passive aggressive thing. And um, it's like, and I just stare at them and dare them to correct me because then if they correct me, then I have to play the game and, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. And then the next time I'll say, hey, Cecil. Oh, oh, sorry, Cecil. You know? Um, So it's like, I'm very, (laughs) I can be very passive aggressive. But as I've aged, I I try to be less. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. As I've aged a bit like fine wine, I just try and keep that. To the internal monologue instead of letting <laughs> yeah. it flow but out. But you know, at the same time, you got to still be wine that ages, you know? You can't mellow into, like, wine water, because nobody wants to drink that shit. They want the hard stuff, right? <laughs> Look, Scotty, uh, if you ever doubt that, all you have to do is talk to Vi, because every <laughs> night when the 6 o'clock news is on and I'm fucking ranting and yelling at the TV, and she just slips on the headphones and she's like, she just shakes her head like, mm-hmm, and then she just puts on her headphones and goes off into La La Land, whatever the hell she's watching. Um, I give her credit because at least she's polite about it, but that's like my cue for her to say, yeah, just that's nobody gives a shit about your opinion. <laughs> yep. 
It's good to have somebody in your life that reminds you of that. You know, it is. It's nice to have somebody that keeps you in check, man, you know? Let you know you're not as important as you think you are. You know what? You just calm your ass down because you're not important. Look, lady, we can politely disagree or... (laughs) I call you cut. Well, we can throw fists. It's up to you, honey. (laughs) It's like... It's it's like I've got listeners in Mongolia, yeah, but they don't give a shit what you get what what you want to talk about on the six o'clock news. Okay, JT, just ain't, ain't that the just, fucking truth? Just stop pushing the hype train, okay? You know what? But those fucking listeners in Mongolia, they ain't here, are they? I am. Well, one of the things that I like about your show, JT. So, for our listeners, if you guys uh, are listening to this and you and you have not uh, listened to any of our previous episodes with JT, JT has a podcast called The Paranormal Sun, um, where he talks about all the weird shit that I like to talk about. Oh, we're gonna get weird. UFOs, aliens. There you go. Oh. Uh, you know, cryptids. He's all. got his own shirt on. That's bitching, yeah, dude. I like all, that. All that weird. He's got shit. a hoodie and shit. Hell yeah. Yeah. So. Mm. Um, so me and this guy are kindred spirits when it comes there you go. to that. Yeah. Um, so speaking of, man, like what's going on on the show? Let me see that again. Wait, what let was let that? me see that again. Is that an alien peeking around the fucking? Uh... <laughs> it is. Nice. Is that in Utah? The monolith that just showed up. Yeah, I like that. It. That one that he's peeking his head around is the one that was in Colombia. <laughs> that was the gold one. This this one here. This is the one that was in Utah. There you go. And yes, that's an original. JT artwork Fuck fucking yes. Photoshop that I put all together with them. Um, and that guy standing there, he's the artist that they said made a lot of kind of like installation art that looks similar to these monoliths. Nice. Wait, you painted and then, that? Um, and then the other one here's. No, I like What's that? Oh, sorry. Nice. No, he just Photoshopped that's, that's, it up. I like that, yeah, man. Yeah, just. Shit, shit, shit! I've learned as I've done the show. I mean, I basically started from scratch. Scotty will tell you that. I didn't even know how to edit audio when I started out. It he was, needed um, a little help. It's, it, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Just a I little. still do, but the psychiatrist costs a lot of money, Scott. <laughs> uh, so you call us instead. That's why you're on the show, man. Hell yes. Yeah, yeah so, so, so I've got a few, go, I've so got go a few notes here, Dave, because I, I, I was listening to what you said. Believe it or not, I, I, I did hear you. Mm. One thing I just wanted to mention out of episode 120 before I forget, because you guys – probably don't know the tie-in here so um i'm sorry is it is it dustin yep yes yep, you got it Fuck, thank god <laughs> I, I hate it's embarrassing <laughs> as hell when you can't remember someone's name you've been introduced to um, uh, that's so okay. dustin you were talking about mega upload remember uh, yes. oh man i love that i love to mega upload okay so rest in peace. you guys probably mm-hmm. don't know this but the guy who founded mega upload is a guy named kim.com and he's kim.com is here yep and that's it. And they've been trying desperately to extradite him to the U.S. for like over 10 years. I think it's been about 15 years now. We had like one of the rarest things you'll ever see in this country, which was like a fucking dawn raid with like armed like body armor and everything else. They like turned up at his mansion and fucking did the Mar-a-Lago thing. Oh, that's took right. Took all of his files, took all of his hard drives. Yeah. And he is still somehow here in the country. And now he's... Because he tried to form his own political party and it bombed. Uh, it was called literally. It was called the dot com party, and it <laughs> oh. like, bombed. Because because here you need five percent uh, to get into like to have at least one representative in parliament, which would be like rep- House of Representatives. Right, and they didn't even get like one percent, and they spent Damn. millions and millions of dollars. Well, didn't he get busted so with like child here. porn and shit? 
I, I don't know. I know that so, – so there was the main guy, Kim.com, and then there were two or three other guys involved that were like the guys that he set it up with, and they were all from Germany. He's originally from Germany. Oh, and man. I was hoping I he was Asian. Think, oh. <laughs> I think it could have been one of the other guys that got busted you. for the child porn. Um, Jackass. I, 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 I don't know for sure, but I mean, I think that if it would have been Kim.com, it would have been all over the news here because, again, we're a small country. Right. And stories like that, yeah, they hit the news and they stay there for a week and, and everybody's like, we, we have like that 24-hour fucking surveillance camera watching his house to see if he's got like any underage kids turning up <laughs> to visit or anything. Oh. I, watched um, a, I watched a documentary about that guy. Yeah? yeah? Does he have them coming regularly or some shit? How big of a problem is this guy? Well, I mean, he is in another country, so. But, but, but did he post it? I mean, my question is, is, is did, did, did he have the content in his possession or was it that people were uploading it to his, to his platform yes yeah. and I, he didn't do anything I about think, it i think it was that i think it was that they were uploading obviously pirated movies and things like that but also child porn and all kinds of shit like that because the the reason that the u.s wants him extradited i think has got to do with that i think it's mm-hmm. got to do that Basically, they say um, that he knowingly provided a platform. You know, it would be kind of like it would be kind of like setting up a bar and turning a blind eye when you see like guys going in the back room with underage girls or something. Oh, it's yeah. like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, it's I, that's kind of what they were saying is that yeah, maybe you didn't explicitly break the law, but you allowed people using your service to break the law. They weren't uh, trying this to prevent is your problem. It. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they were aware again, there like, was a problem. Like you say, this was like, <clears throat> yeah, and this was like 15 years ago. Before um, yeah. now, I'd say it'd be a lot easier to track it through the i through the internet providers and that of what people were uploading and everything. But back then, it was still like the wild west. I mean, that's yeah. still when LimeWire and shit was oh, yeah. running around, and broadband was quite a rare thing. That was back but, in the but, heyday. Yeah, of I just torrents. didn't know if you guys. That yeah, that's yep. that, that's it. But that that's all uh, obviously Dave you watched that documentary about him so you probably know that he was that he was here in New Zealand but yeah he he was married he he got like a I know this isn't very PC but the best way I can term it is he had like a mail order bride that they basically claimed that he met her at some club in the Philippines and he was in love with her but he was like 40 some and was like 18 or 19 and then he brought her back here and they had kids oh, and yes. now she's flown the coop and he's moved on to another 18 year old who knows like and that doesn't yeah, look good for his good. case hey so <clears throat> isn't kim.com like didn't he get a bunch of like tattoos with brand names on his body mm. he probably has i mean we were talking I about that on the show the last dude, week about like, how you can like rent your body out mm-hmm, and put like yeah. brand names and shit on him and for some reason i thought that kim.com was one of the guys that did that i'll google it real i fast. still have plenty of space available yeah. by the way oh uh, yeah <laughs> absolutely mostly I, on the penis though you know right? i am virgin oh, of course yeah <laughs> except for the penis i have welcome aboard tattooed on the penis <laughs> that would be the one while tattoo. it's while it's flaccid I'd be the one tattoo I'd have a hard time accepting. Because <laughs> you know how long it takes a tattoo to heal normally. Can you imagine you can't whack it for that duration? Yeah, but that's part of the enjoyment, man. The healing process. That that annoying itch. Yeah. 
It's all yeah. part of You'd be going fun, to work, man. scratching you it, know? adjusting yourself. One man's problems, another man's paradise. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 just, there we go. Just, right just there. watch out for the sepsis, Scotty. Watch mm. out for the sepsis. Hey, man, the burn's all part of the pleasing treatment. <laughs> nothing no, nothing rubbing a little gasoline on it won't uh, kill eh? it's like daddy always used to say just pour some tussin on it let that tussin sink right oh. into the bone there boy you'll be all right oh. let me tell you about when my dad my mom was um put icy hot my on mom was hydrogen oh. peroxide scotty everything hydrogen peroxide like any cut scrape did you try using hydrogen peroxide? <laughs> All right, I'm going to backtrack a little bit because uh, I really want to hear the story about how Dustin's dad put Icy Hot on his junk. Let's hear that oh. one. <laughs> on his junk or your junk? No, on his junk. Oh, so Jesus. my dad was a kid, and <clears throat> here I think they call it something different. We called it getting galded in the south. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they call you hear it, your legs rubbed together and shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, your balls rub up against your leg you outside know. when you're working in the hot sun all day and you're wearing blue jeans or something. You know? That's why I don't wear them. Unless I have to. That's why I don't wear chafing. them. Yeah, chafing is what most people call it. I have since learned, but in the South, we always called it galding. Well, my dad got chafed real bad on his balls, and my gran- <laughs> my great-grandpa was still alive. This is my great-grandpa that did it to him. He's dead now, unfortunately. Oh. But uh, he said, yeah, go in the bath. He, he was telling him. He was like, what's the matter, son? He told him. He was like, Papa, this is what's wrong. He goes, oh. well, I mean, it was his grandpa. It was my great-grandpa. Jesus. And he goes, why don't you run in the bathroom and throw your little icy hot on it? It'll be all right. Oh. And Daddy said, okay. So he's like, I'll try it. And he went in the oh. bathroom, taking Grandpa's word at it. And the way my dad tells it is so much more funny than I can tell it. But he's like, and I took a a generous amount <laughs> and began spreading. Because back then it came in the jar, you know? Oh, yeah. Of course. I believe. Yeah, the jar and of Icy Hot. He got him a good scoop. And he said, at first it felt real good because it was all cooling. Yeah, and it went icy. He's like, I was like, oh, this is nice. Then it gets hot. He goes, yes, and does. then it started <laughs> Spoiler heating alert. up. <laughs> And uh, uh, Daddy, Daddy said he was he was he had just red burn all across his legs and thighs and stuff. Oh man! And oh, the balls. And, mm, yeah. Oh, God. And then my grandpa was like, "Oh shit! I didn't think he'd actually do." <laughs> so my dad was a was a was a a, a boiler maker. So he he did a lot of welding and shit. Did he go he to was, Purdue? No, no, he was an actual boilermaker, not that kind of, not that kind of boilermaker. Not one of those he, bullshit boilermakers. <laughs> no, he was a legit. Like he got made to, he got paid to make the boilers for like locking dams and boilers that would run like great big machinery. So he like was legit. Boilermakers, yeah, boilermakers was a union. Like his thing was, he was like five foot five, and they could drop him in a three by three hole with a grinder, oh. and he could just sit there and fucking grind all day. Like uh, this, you know, and it bothered everyone else, but not my dad. He could do it. You don't want to be the short guy in a construction. Exactly, job. exactly. Well, he, uh, <clears throat> yeah, he did a lot of shit like that. I don't even remember where I was going with this because I got thrown off by Dustin. Here's to your dad. But here's to my dad for being a boilermaker and an asshole. <laughs> JT, did you get my email today? I I saw it, but I didn't watch it because um, I've. Uh, I'm the house bitch right now, Dave. So I've all it. kinds of chores I'm running uh-huh. around doing. Yeah, um, I sent you some goodness I can today, now, bro. If you want? I sent you mm. some goodness today, house bitch. I got that cryptid theme ready for you. Ooh, awesome! Yeah, yeah. yeah so, um, so, so, like I say, um, 
season four has been like the season that never ends. It's just like yeah. something's always coming up or something moves along. Like um, I've I had uh, a guy who I've had on before, Dave. You'll know who. Uh, it is uh, that that fellow Chaz of the Dead. Yep. He yeah. approached me and 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 he said, um, "Hey JT, uh, I've got something kind of pertinent. Like, is there any way you could move it to the front? Even though like I got shows queued up." And I told him, "Yeah, man. Look, we always have a good conversation, and and so that's what I've been editing now, and I hope to have that out in the next few days." Um, it's a case, Dave. Maybe you haven't heard of it, like a lot of people haven't, um, but it's a really interesting one, and it's it's about the bet sphere out of Florida, and uh, we we had a this. really good talk. But yeah, man, it's it's one that look even people in Jacksonville, where it happened near Jacksonville, even people in Jacksonville, most people today have no idea what it is or what happened. It's one of those things that it was like, because it was in the seventies, um, a lot of people at the time, like, even if you talk to people that were kind of in their, uh, prime at that time, they'll say, Oh yeah, I remember there were some articles in the paper and that, and then it kind of went away. So refresh us though. This story was, was this sphere found in the ocean? No, it was found on private property um, on an island uh, north of Jacksonville, Florida. And it was about the size of a bowling ball, and it was like a metallic We were talking like a bowling ball, right? Yeah, and it had like an antenna sticking out of it, right? No, no. No no antenna. It was just a smooth smooth cylinder that that, (laughs) – yeah. 22 pounds, right? So Mm – the claim – so what happened was that eventually the Navy wanted to uh, do what the Navy does and wanted to have a look at it. And the matriarch of the family was like – I can't remember her name off the top of my head. It was either Tony or Jody Betts, and she was so onto it. She basically made the Navy sign a contract that said you can take it away and study it, but if you can't prove to us that this is like yeah. your technology – then you have to give it back in two weeks. So they had to begrudgingly give it back. And in fact, the story goes that like the guy, when the guy was there giving it back to the family, the Navy rang the house wanting to talk to the guy because they were telling the guy, just ghost them and no, no, fuck, bring it back. And he didn't get the message, so they got it back. But um, the story goes that the Navy analyzed it and said that it was like, I think it's, 401 stainless steel like it was a certain like a certain brand of stainless steel that's what they claimed it was and yeah j allen heineck looked at this thing at least three times it's a really interesting story so we talked a good bit about that but why Chaz wanted to come on was more about the house that the family lived in at the time is actually like it's got like its own paranormal history to the house and i didn't actually know that like i'd heard the story of the sphere and that like and again, look, I'm, I'm not trying to be like a know-it-all here, guys. I'm not trying to be Stephen Hawking's, but this is what I do. Like, this is what I've always been fascinated by. So it's very rare that there's a, like a well-known UFO case that I haven't heard of. So I kind of knew that backstory, but I didn't know a lot about the house. And so basically, um, Chaz has done a like um, petition.org, whatever it is, uh, change.org, I think it is, mm-hmm. to try and get this house saved because it's on um, – the land has been donated to the state, and the home's basically sitting there rotting. Um, I can't remember the name of the house off the top of my head because it's not the Betts house. It's um, it's it's named after the the guy who had it built. But you look at it, and it's like it is. It's like a home that 
should be saved. I mean, take a take away the the Betts family, take away the paranormal stuff, and like you look at it just from an architectural standpoint, it's kind of like the um, what's the famous um, house in St. Louis? The what is it? The Lemp Mansion or yeah, whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lemp Mansion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even if that didn't have ghosts involved, is what I'm saying. It's like that is like just uh, a marvel of architecture. It's something beautiful from the time and they, they should have, they should save it no matter what else is involved. And that's the same kind of thing with this house. So, um, so I've got that and me and uh, Chaz also talked about something, Dave, you might know this case. And a lot of times you're like me, like if you get some more details, you're like, Oh yeah, I know that case. So there's a very famous case out of the UK in 1990 in Scotland and it was called the Calvin case. And as Chaz, because I, I just, I don't know what it was. Just something told me, ask Chaz what's going on in the UFO field because I've been so busy with other things. And he said, oh, yeah, this Calvin case. And I remember hearing about this uh, back watching documentaries and that. And there was this claim that there were these hikers and they took several photos of this triangular like diamond-shaped UFO. And there were military jets interacting with it in the UK. And I'd seen drawings of what they said it looked like, but this photo had apparently disappeared. Well, now this photo's been found, Dave. And oh, yeah, it's a, yeah, I've seen it's that photo. A photocopy of a photo, right. But yeah. this broke just like I think the week before I had Chaz on. That's the, so one, that's the one that we has, talked a bit about that's that. That's the one that has the military plane in the photo, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we talked right. about that on the show. So it's a diamond shaped yeah, UFO. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we talked about that. So, so uh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. so so there was there was that, and then no, no, all, all good. So so we we talked a good bit about that, and I brought up a few other cases. Um, again, a lot of these cases and few I want to really get into. I want to do episodes on them, but there's a case I asked Chaz about, and again, Chaz is, I guess he's kind of thirty-ish. So there's a lot of the older cases he hasn't necessarily heard a lot about, and there was one in Scotland, one of the weirdest ones I ever heard about. And I mentioned it just because it's in that same area of Calvin, and it was called the Robert Taylor incident. And it was this forestry worker. He basically was kind of driving along the freeway and pulled off the side of the road to go for a walk and take his dog to go and do what dogs do in the forest. And he walked like this little what they call in the UK a paddock, which is like just like a small pasture area that's fenced off. And he said there was this like (laughs) half dome object sitting there like hovering like a mechanical object and he Mm. just said he was mesmerized he was looking at it and he said these two spheres dropped out of it and then like extended projections off of them that looked like um i'm not i'm I'm not a big car guy uh but you know like on the end of pistons how it's got the push cup as it goes Mm -hmm. into the 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 cylinder and the car kind of looked like that on the end and these balls apparently rolled towards them pulled him into them and then that Celeste remembered and then when he woke up this thing had left and he actually went and got a hold of the police and said hey look I've been accosted by whatever this thing was and the police actually did a criminal investigation because he had tear marks on his clothes he turned up home he turned up home to his wife and I've seen the video of his wife saying he turned up and he said I've been attacked by a spaceship and she said you must be deaf there's no such thing maybe you hit your head and you know matter of fact Scottish type response and the police said that they couldn't explain it 
Yeah, yeah pretty much. Side so uh, 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 groundskeeper Willie, you know, <laughs> what are you doing, boy? Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just just. Yeah, and he, he had these tear marks in his in his pants. And uh, Dave, I'll um I'll send you a couple of videos that I've got on it that I was actually just watching the other day, kind of short clips that kind of explain the case. But yeah, so so we talked about that kind of stuff, and um, it's just like when I have you on, Dave. We just kind of it's there's it, just like a giant dartboard, and we just go wherever the darts are landing. On oh the yeah, board. man. Okay, so I have a question for you, JT. Before we take our first break, if you had a friend who was a skeptic and you were trying to convince them that this that this stuff is real what is the first what's the case you point what's them the case to? that you would point them to okay so i need a bit of clarification when you say this is real do you just mean like that there's something that we can't explain zipping around the skies or are you saying like alien abductions or are you saying like that it's actually aliens or just that it's something unexplained? Something that would convince somebody that it is not something of human slash earth origin. Okay. So it's hard for me to cite one, but, but very briefly I could point to things like, the Rendlesham Forest incident. Yeah, I could also point to the shutdown of the nuclear missiles in Montana mm. and at Maelstrom Air Force Base. I can also to say it's like Earthlights, right? Well, Earthlights aren't going to go to military bases where historically uh, you have no instances of this. So, for example, you know the Marfa lights in Texas, the Brown Mountain lights. The Min Min lights in Australia, those are all documented. People have seen those for hundreds of years. But when you got shit turning up in like – so so that, that whole Bentwaters case in the UK, where these lights were supposedly hovering over in the compound – and I say supposedly because I wasn't there. But where these lights supposedly were hovering over and scanning, it's where the US military was holding nuclear weapons in the UK. And there were less than a handful of people that knew these nuclear weapons were on British soil because it was a massive no-no because of the Cold War. And they didn't want the Russians knowing. It was kind of like the Cuban Missile Crisis, right? It's like we didn't want the Russians knowing we had nukes that close to Europe sitting there in the UK. And it was like one of the top guarded secrets. I think it was Margaret Thatcher, like the head of the um, Royal Air Force. That was – and might have been two or three other people in the UK were the only ones that actually knew that this base was holding nukes. And this thing turns up and heads straight to that weapons silo. So you know it's a big base, and it heads right to the spot where these nuclear weapons are being stored. Um, yeah, okay. So if this is like Earth lights or uh, let's say some inventor came up with a drone 20 years before they were commercialized or whatever or more than that, 30 years – if it was any of these things or it was, you know, the Scooby-Doo thing, kids with a projector, okay, if you're going to play these kind of games, you're not going to play it at a military base where there's a high chance you're going to get shot. You'd like to hope not at least. going out there in the woods and screwing around. Yeah, you, you would think that – I mean I know we can't read everyone's minds, but if it was me, you might – yeah, you might want to go where people are going to see it. But my first instinct wouldn't be let's go to that heavily guarded Air Force base in the middle of the Cold <laughs> War. And yeah, start pissing them off and start poking and prodding them, you know, uh, to, to know, perpetrate man. this hoax. Well, there's so many cases, uh, documented cases of these things showing up at nuclear installation sites 
and shutting down the nukes. So like, on that particular instance, did they shut the nukes down? No, because what it was in the UK – so it's twin bases, right? And I can never remember which is which, but there was Bentwaters Air Force Base and there was um, – Sorry, I can't think of the other one, but one was a, a UK RAF base and the other one was a US base on British soil. Okay. And it basically set back to back. And this base, so in that uh, weapons dump, they were like nuclear tipped bombs, nuclear tipped missiles. They weren't like ICBMs, Scotty. Gotcha. So these were things that were meant to, yeah, these were things they were going to throw on the, tom, uh, on, the, on the Tomcat fighters and that and one drop. In Europe, it wasn't like okay, we're going to launch an ICBM. Right. The one in Maelstrom Air Force Base, they sh- they shut down the nukes, like they literally shut them down in the silo. And I think in Maelstrom, they actually it went launch, like it was gonna launch, and they were freaking out because they couldn't shut it down. And I think it was within about three or four seconds of launch, then it it stopped. But it went through all the sequences. And the thing that's crazy is this was before the internet. There was no way to, quote unquote, hack this because it was solid state, right? Um, There was no one sending computer codes or anything to tell these things to launch. And that's why I tend to believe a case like that from – I think that was around 67. Uh, I I tend to believe a case like that over like a more modern one simply because you couldn't hack it. Like, yeah, the guys in the silo could have screwed around. But again, these were highly trained guys that were making a lot of money and were highly trusted. Why would they – "Quote unquote hoax this." Well, and there the were other 60s, people above ground, out of the silo, that also saw the UFO. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking like '60s, that would have been a computer that's recording this podcast would have taken up three rooms. Yeah, how do you hack something yeah, that's was, that big? You know. <laughs> well, I mean, is it yeah, one and, of those? And again, how closely guarded is a secret that's just well assumed? Like we, we even during the Cold War, we assumed. Was anybody surprised when when U.S. had nukes in Britain? Like really? No, not at all. I think you you have to assume that. You know, I mean, you have to assume that us but, and our allies are going to be stocked with the exact same weapons. But then you also have to assume, though, that that's what they're coming back. Uh, I, I like to think that every everything that that we talk about here, like UFO related, I, I, I think that's more from the future. That's your they, theory. Because that's but, my theory, at least. Because yeah. they know exactly where they're going, like someone from history would so, know. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I hear what you're saying about, okay, you assume our allies are going to have the weapons we have. You have but to assume that, What right? I'm saying is that – yeah, yeah, but, but – Okay, you look at a map of the UK and you look at all the military installations and you pick the one that's got atomic weapons on site that I, it's not – these weren't all over the UK, okay? So what I'm saying is it wasn't like we had nukes all over the UK. They basically – now, don't quote me on this, but if this wasn't the only base in the UK with operational nukes on site that were okay. US-owned – Okay. It was one of the only ones. So it wasn't like every base had them. And so, so look, perfectly plausible thing. Like, okay, you could pick any base. They all had nukes. But that wasn't the case. But let me um, ask you this. In the U.S., yeah. How many other How many other bases were back-to-back with an American facility? Because by process of elimination. Very few. Yeah, because by process of elimination, you would have to go to the one that was back-to-back or in cahoots with an American facility that would have access to American nuclear technology. Well, if very few of them. So if if I'm flying around 
and I'm, you know, another country, not not assuming it's something from yeah. the future or alien invaded wise. But if I'm just mm-hmm. flying around by process of elimination, the two bases that are together, American and foreign, or in this case, foreign and domestic, are together. I would go there first, knowing they would have something okay. no one else would. Okay, let, let's say that you were a foreign country. And let's just say in this instance, you're Russia. If I was Russia, I wouldn't be worried about that. I'd be worried about where they were keeping the nuclear weapons in Germany. Okay, so why are you going all the way to England to worry about that when you've got West Germany, which is literally next door to East Germany and the Iron Curtain? And we know now that they stored nuclear weapons at some of those U.S. bases. Mm-hmm. Um, again, these are these are good questions, and I'm – if somebody came out tomorrow and could show me all the documentation and could prove to me, hey, this was a drone from the USSR, this was a drone from that the U.S. was secretly testing to to check the defenses, and they could prove it, and that people that I trust, meaning people in the field that are much smarter than me, said, yeah, these are these are legitimate documents. Hey, I'm on board with it. I've got right. no problem with that. Well, so all I'm Soviet, saying is, I'm man. not I'm not smoking the hopium. You know, it's <laughs> it's just. I mean, that, that's a case. Go go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say when the Soviet Union failed, there was there's so much that probably got in 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 oh, thrown into the fire as we were taking over. Like, there's probably a lot of things and a lot of top secret documentation that got torched as the Union was falling at the last minute. Like, and we would never know. If it was well, like a, a Sputnik well, most of that stuff, test or some shit, because that's what Sputnik looked mm-hmm. like, what yeah. you guys are describing. Yeah. Most of that stuff, though, was retained. Uh, now, I would say that it happened more in, let's say, East Germany, because you had the fall of the Berlin Wall. It's like literally the enemy is now coming into East Germany. Mm-hmm. But the, government the USSR in and of itself, just because they split up into contingent nations didn't mean like Russia was ever afraid that the U S was going to invade. You know, it it wasn't like the fall of world war two, where you see, we've all seen the famous scenes from the movies where the Germans are just burning every file because the Americans are coming. The Russians are coming. Um, and, and a lot of that stuff, Jacques Vallée went into the USSR in 1989 and George Knapp in either 89 or 90. And they looked at a lot of these top secret files and I know some people in the field, the biggest problem with the Russian files is the same problem that we have with the Chinese files. It's a lack of people who can translate them because we all know how Google Translate works, right? It's It can barely translate Spanish to English or vice versa. But Dude, when it can you're barely talking do about English to English. Like, yeah, man. I, look, I've done it where I've had to like – I needed to translate something and I translated it from like – English to Turkish, and then I translated that same thing back to see what sense it made. And it was gibberish, so I'm like, okay, I've got no faith in this. And the lack of people actually going through and translating a lot of these files, I've heard from quite a few Russian people that are like, dude, we got all kinds of excellent stuff, but only the top, top cases like Veronez that I've covered, Dave, and and some of these others have actually people have taken the time to translate them. It's well known in Russia, and it but again, if I listen to a Russian podcast, it's not going to do me any good. Right. I mean, Dosvidanya Dost and vodka, that's going to be about all I understand. What about Russian Bigfoot? That's what I want to know. 
Let's save that. Oh yeah, they, uh, they, yeah. Let's save that for next segment. Yeah. Let's save that for next segment. Yeah, yeah. we had a whole, Sweet. we had a lot of fun talking about that via text today. <laughs> yes, Dust, we did. Dustin sent a photo in of himself as a child sitting on Russian Bigfoot's lap. Yeah, that was a wild week. That was that motherfucker's got some ears. Let me tell you, Scotty. We should thank our Patreon subscribers. Hey man, let's let's do a real quick. You think know who of we our, should uh, start with? Tonight? We should start with Biscuit Strength. Thank you, brother. Sure, why not? Then we should start with JT and the Paranormal Sun. That's where I was going to start, but you know. Uh, then we should mention our good friends at Jeff City Paranormal hey, Society. Oh, hey, uh, by the way, we have an announcement. We had a winner, yes. Yeah, we'll talk about we'll that We'll talk soon. about that coming up at the um, contest. Our good friends at In the Groove Records. What's up, guys? Who else? Uh, and uh, Chess Team Records Chess and our Team boy. Records. Dub IZ. Dub IZ. So we're going to take a quick break. Quick one. Dave's got to pee. Dave's got to pee. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys after this. On the old 7 to 7, Dave's taking a pair of them. Bitches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In the Groove, Vinyl Records and More has the widest variety of new and used music. Carrying new and reissued vinyl, used CDs and cassette tapes. In business for over 20 years, offering the best variety and service we possibly can. In the year 2000, we started out as a little hole in the wall. And now In The Groove is a full-service record shop with thousands of records to choose from. Buying rock, jazz, R&B, soul, and blues records, 33s, 45s, and 78s. We also buy CDs and cassette tapes. We've been buying and selling since 2000. In The Groove is a one-stop shop for records, stereo equipment, CDs, and other fun oddities. 708 Jefferson Street, Jefferson City, Missouri. Give us a thumbs up and follow us on Facebook. In the Groove, vinyl records and more. Hey, Dave. Hey, Scott. Welcome back to the old 77. It's a safe place. In an unsafe that's funky dave turn the mains off bro that's funky man i know i like it i'm bringing it down i'm bringing it down i went through and uh got rid of all the bullshit music that we have we had a lot of bullshit what so it should all be fucking great music from now i haven't heard a lot of bullshit on this show i mean oh what are you talking about bro it's all bullshit that's all we do man it's all we do come on man i was digging it last week maybe kick you off of here man yeah i was digging it last week too we had had some good conversations last week so speaking of good conversations we were having some good conversations we were just having a really yeah Um, good one and it made us go holy shit we need to start recording so scott you should pull up the gimbal video g-i-m-b-a-l gimbal video yeah take your time we'll we'll talk we'll talk in the meantime i've got the uh, i've got the bigfoot pulled up that we were going to talk oh the russian bigfoot you want to talk about russian bigfoot fuck yeah all right so i've got soviet sasquatch over here there's a line in it in the story that makes me laugh now this is from vice i love vice personally you know so yeah i do too uh, Vice makes me laugh. I'm not going to lie. And yeah. they occasionally have some shit that I find interesting. So we've got this story here about the Soviet Sasquatch. Recently, uh, someone uncovered texts, manuscripts, uh, talking about uh, USSR's expeditions to find the legendary Yeti. Uh, they call them the mysterious wild men living at the edge of civilization. Um, it goes on here to talk about this was uh, seven thousand miles in a caca- how do you how do you pronounce this word here? 
Caucasus. Caucasus Mountains. There you go. Caucasus. Like Caucasian? How do you not know your I didn't, own home? Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't want to say it. I wanted somebody else to say it. It's funny. It's a funny word to say. Somebody whipped out Caucasus for me. See, oh, I, I didn't you said need to it say again. it. You are Caucasian. Yes, from sir. From the mountains. From the mountain of Caucasus. Sorry, Scott. Continue. We so these, uh, so the <laughs> these Soviet investigators <laughs> were looking for the Yeti. Uh, they go on uh, in Tajikistan. Kerplakistan, Urbekistan, and all these stands. Uh, they're looking for naked man bears. Of course they are. <laughs> that have piercing midday howls, tall, tall uh, hairy creatures that uh, perpetually kicked over tents and rhubarb foraging troops of camel-haired beasts standing <laughs> on two legs. Camel-toed beasts. Also talking about grisly murder scenes uh, where uh, victims' livers had been plucked from their backs. Yeah, but let me tell you, man, when you threw some makeup on my ex-wife, she was pretty. Well, you know, I mean... <laughs> I should really yeah. call her. I love her. how you always go with the positive, Dustin. I should call her, <laughs> yeah. really. Seriously. So the prime suspect, they say, was uh, in the caucuses was the Yeti. Dustin, have you ever heard um, of the whole cattle mutilation thing? Have you ever heard about that? I have heard of it. Yeah. That's another interesting one, of which it could be aliens, but I don't know. I don't know what the fuck it is. I've also heard of chupacabra, and I don't necessarily not believe in it. Yeah, but you know, like, well, like the cattle mutilations is a thing that, like, we know it happens. We don't know why it happens or like who does it, but it's. But I mean, I'm I'm definitely am not like saying it's aliens, but I am saying like, what the fuck. Is it? Like, what the fuck is this whole cattle mutilation thing? Well, they're like, saying the Soviet Yeti, uh, the manuscripts were wrote by this dude, Professor Boris Porshnev, uh, who uh, authored a manuscript on Yeti sightings for the Soviet Union. Here he is, photographed in France in 1970. This looks like a man that would have experienced so right? Looks like Soviet a real man. Bigfoot. That Absolutely. looks like a dude who is, is probably having sex with Soviet Bigfoot as we speak. This is the guy that you see in the story that, like the guy that in Australia that punched the kangaroo or that oh, guy yeah. in Alaska that beat up a grizzly bear. Right. What those guys look like. This is that definitely the guy that beat up and escaped Bigfoot in Soviet Union. You know, I'm he, not surprised. He looks like a backstory. clean, yeah. sober Russian version of Hunter S. Thompson. He looks a like bit. a good clean. Still crazier Southern. than shit, though. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Love me some Hunter S. Thompson. Hey, hey, hey Scotty, um, not to get too far down the rabbit hole, but if you want to find something else interesting about this, just Google Zana real quick and see what you get. Zana? How do you spell it, it that? It is on this top. Is it Z-O-N-A? Z-A-N-A. We're on it. Are you coming through the speakers? Yeah, he uh, is. That's why it's so loud. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We're coming through speakers. Okay. All right. So, uh, Zana of Asbakia, this one right here. That's that, that that looks like the one. Okay. Yeah, or, or like this photo here, the DNA explained. Uh, so, so okay. basically, okay. it was okay. a claim that this woman was part... Um, Alma or Bigfoot or, yeah, wild man, for lack of a better term. Uh, it's a famous story out of that region, Georgia and, and, they, they, and that region, the Caucasus Mountains. Yeah, they're from the Caucasus, too. You said Caucasus again. Now, if we're seriously introducing what we would think of as so here's the Caucasus, savage boys. human, then Romania, yeah, I believe, I believe definitely Moldova, Ukraine, 
Georgia, Turkey, and this is around the Caucasus, right? Hey, you used to live near Georgia, right, Dustin? <laughs> Atlanta. <laughs> I saw the Atlanta Sasquatch once. He asked me for five dollars, and when I when I told, when I told him I didn't have any money, he chased me in his wheelchair. <laughs> Not that he needed the wheelchair. Did you, did you have anything to do with the guardstones? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't even know about those until until uh, we talked about it here, right? No, 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 no. I knew about them. I did. No, no, no. I think All I right. might have. Now I'd forgotten about them for a very, very long time, but but yeah, I knew about those before they got blue. Yeah, I did too. I bet I I I, I had almost forgotten about them. So they're you saying, know what? It all sounded like sound advice to me. So who am I to argue with? What about them? the part about keeping the human population? Sounds under... like sound advice to me. Yeah. What I'm was sorry, it? Was but... it five hundred thousand? No, five hundred million. Five, I think it was this. Five hundred. Five hundred million. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was a decent. Which amount. we're at like nine billion now. So. And I'm going to tell you though. Think of how sweet <laughs> things would be if we were down to five hundred. If there dude, I I I do not if disagree. If there were so many people eating from this human experience pie. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. We'd all have better jobs. It wouldn't matter if we had better jobs because. It would be so cheap because we'd be buying from each other. Yeah, no, I, I like this I dude. Oh, dude, is that uh, Canadian? Oh, that's Bigfoot? actually Catholic Bigfoot. It, oh, Catholic Bigfoot. Yes. Yeah, this that's is, um. We 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 went to school with him, didn't we, Scotty? That's Jason Wolfman, isn't it? <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. He works at the carnival now, right? <laughs> God damn it, I knew you were going to say that. You know, he got that drunk. Guy, <laughs> that guy right there tried to put me on top of the Spanish teacher's van. He got drunk one night and he, he broke my me. nose. He broke my nose playing basketball, man. Remember, yeah. I oh, yeah. fucking got cracked in the nose and bled all over the gym. And yeah. the year after you left, we were waiting for the bus, and somebody was like, "Hey, I bet you can't pick Merriman up, throw him over your shoulder, and climb up Sinhora's <laughs> Snyder's van." She had a great big conversion van, and that motherfucker grabbed me like with that retard strength and threw because I was I was a good three hundred pounds back in the day, man. He tossed me like a sack of taters over the top of his fucking shoulder, and we climbed. I'm the back of that conversion van. Up we went, man, and he was getting ready to slam me on it when I finally wormed my way out. Oh, oh. <laughs> We had a, like a... No, Wolfie, no. <laughs> Retard strength. No, he wasn't... Re- he was, I, I mean, he was Where's totally... Where's my bear mace? <laughs> Did you escape? Yeah, I got away. Uh, good I got you, away, man. but good I got hurt, you. you know, like every every story. Okay, I'm going to change the subject. Please. Uh, did did any of you guys see the video of uh, Taylor Hawkins' son playing the drums with the Foo Fighters? I did. Oh, yeah, that was a good video. That was a wholesome video. JT, did you see that? No, I caught I caught the the like the blurb, the story, but it's Dude, it's not that is- I don't care or I have any empathy, but it's like we've been down the whole like uh, son of a son of a. You know, drummer played for his dad. It's not that I don't have any care, but like it has no impact. I mean, the Foo Fighters you. were basically, yeah, the Foo Fighters were basically formed out of Nirvana, so it's already like two steps removed for me. It's not. <laughs> I I don't know. I haven't listened to it, and and maybe it's it's epic. Well, if you tell me, Dave, that I need to go and listen to it, I'll go and listen to it. Well, no, here's the thing, man. It won't like, hit you the same. The I agree. Like I would pick, I pick Nirvana over. Uh, I'm like I'm not a huge Foo Fighters fan, but uh, that kid. He, first of all, the song that they played was my hero, so that had its own kind of like you know sentimental uh, significance. But no, dude, that fucking kid tore it up. Like I was expecting him to be like you know like a halfway decent drummer. 
Yeah. But he fucking that kid tore it up. I hate so he, Nirvana. I'll just say So right he, he pulled a Jason Bonham? <laughs> yeah, he pulled a Jason Bonham. Yeah, like he he played it as well as his dad. Okay, go back, Dustin, cuz I I don't I don't hate Nirvana, yeah. but I was burned out on Nirvana oh, dude, for like I a good 20 years. I absolutely hate Nirvana. This is one of my least Nirvana and the Beatles are two bands I just mm. cannot I just don't get. And I love rock and roll. Me too. Rock Scott. and roll is one of my rock and roll is my religion. I love rock and roll. Well, you're from the South. You should. Paul like rock Stanley and roll. is my preacher. Uh, and, that's why. And, How are you going to like Paul Stanley and not that's, fucking? Well, that's, love that's, that's the thing. That, that's why he doesn't like real rock and roll. I, I like, Get out of this house. He likes I the like, commercial rock and roll. I like hair metal. No, I don't because I also like. There's all kinds of fucking like dang, like Danger Danger and all these other bands that people don't that don't get played. So on. why don't you so, like? Tell me why you don't like the Beatles. I, I, I don't know. I yeah. don't know. It How just, much like have you listened to the discography? A, a pretty good bit. Okay, a pretty, right. I've tried. Okay, I've been down these rabbit holes. Everybody so, else liked it. I tried it, and yeah, I really wanted I to that. like it. And I respect that. I, I don't make. I hate that so, band. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't take that lightly. But why but now Nirvana? The Foo Fighters. Why do you hate Nirvana? Just because they don't make any fucking sense. Like it's it's, it's all <laughs> a bunch of bullshit. That it's just a bunch of words thrown together. They don't exactly. really and, have and any kind of melody. They no. just scream it. They have the melody fun. for it's, sure. It, they have melody. the same reason I don't like punk rock. But like, it's, I like it's arrangement. It's arrangement for Nirvana. I just don't like. So I've so when you're buried, them. will you get buried in a Neil Young T-shirt? No, I hate Neil Young. I'm not a big Neil Young fan. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. The only that's Neil the Young famous th- story about. Um, <laughs> Uh, about uh, Van Zant from right. from um, Leonard Skinner was that right. he was buried in a Neil Young T-shirt to get a, one last one up on him. The only thing I'd say about Neil Young is that um, if I were the lead singer in one of these local bands that plays in all the bars and shit like that, I would want to end my show with "Keep on Rocking in the Free World." But other than that. Yeah, that's Neil Young's music sucks. Well, and even like I Harvest would rather Moon? I would rather me perform that song any day as bad as I am. Yeah. Than actually sit down and listen to it. I feel the it. same way about Neil Young that I feel about Bob Dylan. Yeah. Great songwriter, horrible artist. Shitty singer. Yeah, horrible artist. Shitty vocalist. Yeah. yeah. And I think anybody I, I, that you know I'd what agree. I mean, there's you play a, guitar. I've got about four or five of, of both of theirs that I'm really like I'd argue they're they're really good, like Cortez the Killer. Oh, great um, song! Yeah, Rockin' in the Free World. Fully sure. agree. But again, it's four or five. But then you look at everything he's written. It's like uh, Chris Christopherson and yep. country music. It's, Me and Bobby. It's McGee. like the guy's written like hit after hit after hit after hit. Yeah. But what has he performed? No, I, I fully agree. And no, I, I was just having a bit of fun with the whole Neil Young thing because of being from the South and Leonard Skinner. <laughs> Yeah, oh, no, it's oh, predominant. I, a lot of people like oh, that, I and I, I'm going to tell you right now. I love Leonard Skinner. I hate Freebird. That yeah. song just yeah. Freebird Free is far from my my favorite. But What's you your favorite what? Leonard Skinner song then? My favorite Leonard Skinner, uh, Curtis uh, Curtis Lowe or um, Three Steps. Good song. Probably both. Three Steps is my favorite. Good I'd song. Have awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about three you, JT? Deep, deep digs on both. Sim- simple man, really. Means a lot to me on a personal level. Yeah. Um, aside from the commercial stuff, but um, what was the other one? Um, Don't ask me no questions. That's another one of my like. That's just got meaning to me because of uh, yeah, some of the bullshit I got up to when I was a teenager. The breeze isn't bad. 
Come on, man. Freebird. That's Breeze solo. is a great song. Just yeah. let that solo and Freebird hit. It doesn't, though. And when it just you, goes but, but on when you, forever But when you ever. hear the story of how the kid who is playing it, you know, was like one of the gals in the band, maybe even a roadie. I think it was a backup singer. It was like her little brother now, who I'm, they needed a guitar player. And when huh. you realize all that shit kind of lined up and he just came in and really, really, you know when i'm creating like a video for example if i had access to these songs like we used to back in the day in youtube when nobody cared yeah like then yeah yeah, Yeah. dude i'll put freebird in a montage i'll make a video hell yeah it's an easy song to make a music video to and because i can see what people like about it i just do not well, it's just it's like Stairway to Heaven or like Hotel California. We've all just heard it way too many Probably. times. Probably. What's the song you California? Heard? Probably. California Woman. Yep. L.A. Woman. Sorry. L.A. Woman. L.A. Woman. Great song. Actually, I'm not tired of that one. I'm. Uh, yeah, that's overplayed for me. Love it. Anything love it. by uh, it, by the Doors? No. Anything by. Uh, um, oh fuck! My brain is slipping now. Uh, uh-huh. Who's the guy? <laughs> I, I want you to want me. Oh, 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 I know this. You know one. who I'm talking. Yeah. In excess? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. no, no, no. Uh, uh, You're thinking oh. of I Need You Tonight, JT. <laughs> Uh, hold on, I, I'll, I'll figure I don't it know. Out. I'm I'm I'm, I'm thinking about this fucking cheap nice trick. Uh, ale. Cheap trick, cheap that's trick. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, that's yeah. a nice looking ale you got there, by the way. Good, good. Yeah, but so, yeah, anything cheap trick, yeah. it, pretty much, especially in this area because we're around the Lake of the Ozarks. They play the fuck out of cheap yeah. trick. Man. I was never a big cheap trick fan. Man. <laughs> when right? you think deeply about music, I love this topic. Also, uh, the thing I have a theory about is that I think how you were raised. And the environment which you grew up and developed in heavily influences the music you like. For sure. Mine, oh, was, yeah. mine was chaotic. There was a lot of fighting and screaming and all yeah. this other stuff going back and forth. Not that my family didn't love each other. It was just a chaotic fucking thing. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and I like metal, Guns N' Roses, Motley Crue and shit like that. I like that fun shit like that. That's loud and fun. My, I've got my best friend in the world. His name is Reese. He grew up in a very different home. He grew up in where everybody is wealthy and quiet and happy and content and nobody. <laughs> well, no, they really were. They, yeah. He came from a happy ass family. I love his family. They're some of the sweetest. Pe- They're the nicest people in the world, though. Mm. Like, yeah. I love his family. The like, Flanders is a a Scotty. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like the Mises back home. I it love probably, this family you know, back it probably home. is very Flanders. <laughs> my best friend Tim Mize, and he had the perfect fucking upbringing. But of all the people in Mississippi, one that, that nobody in his family has ever double crossed me. Well, that's screwed good. me over, made me feel unwelcome. How are the people in Mississippi? Because, like, here, they're very uh, yeah, I, I friendly. Was, I was Assholes. just going to say, There's their well, very... we need to talk about Mississippi because we not, got a question. I'm not from Mississippi, but I have a, just a slight insight. Uh, <laughs> the people from Mississippi are the type of people that will steal a plane, fly around in circles, <laughs> and threaten to fly it into a Walmart. No, 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 no. <laughs> you can't put that on everybody. Did you hear about that, JT? <laughs> but I will say the Walmart is the most redneck fucking thing. Oh, I loved that. Okay. He was going to crash so, into the Walmart. So for the people that haven't heard the story, uh, Dustin, tell tell them the story. JT doesn't know the story. Oh, dude, okay. I thought this was like a next trend. Like, this was next level shit, I thought. So Saturday morning, I wake up, and I'm playing on Facebook because I just <laughs> woke up, you know, I hadn't got out of bed yet, and my buddy's <laughs> wife 
one of my best friend's wife, is in Tupelo, Mississippi. And she's taking her daughter out for her birthday. Okay. And right. and uh, Or their daughter, I should say. Their daughter out for... For for birthday, and they needed to pick something up, I guess, at Walmart, and they were close by the area, and they saw this fucking plane flying there, and they wouldn't let them in the Walmart, and that's how the and then oh she posted God. about it on Facebook, and I went, wait, what? So I texted her, oh my, and I was God. like, hey, what that? What, what the actual fuck's going on? And and because this didn't seem real, because my buddy that his, this is his wife, and they they, they he jokes. Right. And he makes pranks and stuff like that. Now, she was all the way in Tupelo. Now, that would be, in Jeff City terms, Columbia. Okay, so 30 minutes away. Yeah. Now, Rick was at, was um, – he was at the time in uh, where, where, Blue Mountain. Okay. Which would be like our bell. This motherfucker flew from her straight to him. Damn. <laughs> and – and then began circling over in in an area where he uh, was currently visiting. Wasn't it the uh, he was gonna like? Because then didn't they evacuate like a Toyota manufacturing plant too? He was nearby that. Yeah. Yes. Now he he wasn't in there, but he was close in that general area. Because mm-hmm. like when that happens, because of the air thing, the whole goddamn town is on notice. It could be anywhere yeah. that yeah. he comes down. Yeah. And and yeah, it's like a missile flying around. Well, yeah. sure. It might as well be. Yeah. And because this guy, all we knew is that he was gonna. <laughs> He called the law before he took off. I love this. And he told 911 that uh, he was hijacking this plane and he was going to crash it into the Walmart. (laughs) (laughs) And is that the most beautifully redneck? Dude, if I was going to hijack a plane, that would be the first place I would try to crash it into. Hell yeah. I'm just saying. But let me ask you something. You know, in New York City, when the the worst day of all of our lives happened, I'm sure. Sure, sure. that was made sense because there was a lot of people there. They work in the stocks. You know yeah. that's going to be a highly popular. And then you go and you translate this kind of mentality to my homeland. Yeah. Yeah. And what is the most, what is our world <laughs> trade center? Yeah. Fucking Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I was worried that this was the next, like the next level of basically school shootings, people yeah. taking planes and shit. Cause you can do anything at a private airport. Listen, you can learn ride. how to fly a plane on, yeah. a, on a VR is, set. This is the insight I can give you that I haven't seen on the news if you do look this up. Yeah. The guy that did it after he got arrested, he was from uh, a, a town called Shannon. Which is up the road, right? Uh, it's not far from where I used yeah. to live. And the one thing I know about Shannon is, and I'm not saying this is everybody, this is just the people that I ha- had the misfortune of interacting with every time. <laughs> Meth heads. Yeah. So I'm thinking this is a crystal meth. Well, they said this redneck, guy. Because crystal works. meth people are rednecks, yeah. too. Oh. Like rednecks love Well, who crystal. do you think figured out how to make it from the city <laughs> and brought it to the country? Like, I think the most hick thing you can do is meth. One of the finest things I ever found in the Ozarks was we came up and around one of those real tight corners, and then you go way up a hill and you cut another corner. There's a fucking trailer out there that was really a church. And the front marquee said, give, it, yeah, it said, give the Lord your meth problem. That's the <laughs> oh, finest marquee I've ever seen. Dude, man. That's, that's pretty top of the line shit. Well, right we there. gave it to our politicians. Why not give it to our deities also? <laughs> I, I love the picture of the dude well, shooting up heroin and like Jesus is shoving his arm up in there. Like, dude, Jesus, stop bogarting my heroin, man. 
Is that a thing? Is that yeah. a real thing? Well, yeah. Like an anti-drug ad? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, dude, anti-drug ads that end up condoning drugs are one of my favorites. I learned it from you, Dad. <laughs> no, I mean, like, where they accidentally well, condone drugs when they're not meaning to. Like the D.A.R.E. program, mm-hmm. how they made it sound so fun. They have, <laughs> they, have, they have proven that kids that went through the D.A.R.E. program are, are actually more likely to <laughs> abuse drugs than kids that did not. Did you go through the D.A.R.E. program, JT? Because I don't Dave. remember doing that. We, I didn't actually like go through the program. I remember seeing Nancy Reagan on TV every other day, and I I remember the famous "This is your brain, this oh, is yeah. your brain on." Drug. Of course, that's like when you look at Gen X, like that's one of the seminal moments. You play that in a thirty second clip, and everybody's like, "Oh yeah, I know that." Um, but no, we didn't actually take the program. But I do remember McGruff the Crog. I remember, oh, I remember and, uh, yeah, boys, yeah. When did you graduate? So why was uh, me? Well, I graduated in '95, and I think you were '96, Scotty. Yep. So you guys would have been coming in. They wouldn't have been targeting you guys because you would have already been in high school. This was yeah. Nancy Reagan era shit. So this yeah. was like late, late, like '89 shit. To oh yeah, I was in school by then. I was well in school by then. Well, by the time it's probably spread. Oh, oh, oh. I was already taking handfuls of ibuprofen in high school <laughs> by then. So they. Uh, they weren't too concerned about us. This oh, you bought that over the counter, to, right? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. This motherfucker used to show up with a bottle of water to P.E. That wasn't water. Heads up. <laughs> How do you get P.E. fucked up? Well, he uh, he didn't one day. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> he didn't one he day. He didn't one day. Oh, I remember no. that. We were running or something, and I look over, and he's fucking plowed out. Dude, oh. I, I used to show up for school in all different oh, so, types of states of mind. <laughs> Dude, I got such bad grades so, before to be I started fair, smoking weed. Right. right. To, to be fair, Scotty, I'll, 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 tell you, I'll tell you the real story. And this is the real story. No embellishments, no bullshit. I've scoop. had asthma my whole life, man, from yeah. like as young as I can remember. And I told that dumb shit. Um, it wasn't Mr. DeShane. Who was the other one we had? Uh, the other PE teacher. Oh. I told that dumb shit. We were running laps, right? He's and I go- told him, I'm going to black out. And he's like, oh, just push yourself, blah, blah, blah. I remember and that. I told him, I'm fucking telling you, I can't breathe. I'm going to black out. He so did. when we did the cool down exercises and we're like, you know, doing sit ups to cool down, I just blacked out and I went head back, smacked my head on the fucking wooden floor. Now, luckily, uh, a kid who was in Scotty's class was my nephew. And he came over straight away, and he looked yeah. straight at dumb sh- whatever his name was and said, Pisco. he told you he wasn't well. Yeah, Pisco. Um, so it wasn't Pisco. It was his kind of understudy, the one that thought he was an NBA star. Oh, my Remember God. Remember the one that was always out there fucking warming up, oh. shooting? Like, yeah, that 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 dumbass. Oh you know who God. I mean, though. Yes. Um, <laughs> she was hot, too. Yeah. I think oh, we all knew that. Yeah, she was, yeah. So it was it was the hot girl version of this. So we had a dude and a, and a chick, and it we had like every year it was a new chick. Oh, I can't remember her, but she yeah. used to wear like warm up sweats, big brunette hair, yep. titties pushed yep. up to here. Yeah, nice. She was cute. So yep. I mean, even back then, even back then in nineteen ninety fucking four or whatever yep. it was, I went to the hospital for three days. Right, <laughs> I had EKGs and all kinds of shit. Three days in hospital was fourteen grand, mm-hmm. even back then, man. Like twenty dollar Tylenol, you know. Oh, yeah. And my parents in the school had a fucking shit fight over who was paying for it. 
But yeah, Scotty, honest, I can say hand on heart on that day, there were lots of days I came to school like in an altered reality. But that day I wasn't. Um, I think I was probably hung over or something. But I told that dumb fuck, I'm going to fucking black out. I can't fucking breathe. And I'll just push yourself. Yep. So I did. And then I blacked out and fucking ended up in the hospital. And um, yeah, that was probably fucking probably like out of the top 10 times that my mom was pissed at me. That was probably like number two out of the top 10 that I can remember as a teenager. Oh, man. Damn. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that because like you were gone for a long time. Uh, yeah, well, look, man, I mean, we've all got our. I know this is a religious thing, but we've all got our crosses to bear and we've all got our shit we deal with in life. But Scotty, when I was in high school, man, I was suicidal for a good part of it. There was a whole month that I didn't even come to school because I remember that. I'd get up in the morning. I just didn't like I, I just didn't want to get up. I didn't want to go to school. And um, my mom told me later on when I was like maybe 20, 21, you want to talk about a guilt trip like I actually felt. Probably one of the times in my life I felt like the biggest piece of shit ever. <laughs> my mom was working like two or three jobs, right? Just making like barely making ends meet. And my mom took out funeral insurance because she was that sure I was going to fucking oh. kill myself as, as, as a teenager. Because I'd yeah. sit around fucking with a knife, with a bread knife, like cutting scars on my arms and shit. I, I, I had daddy issues and that. But all I mean is like when my mom told me, I felt so terrible that I put my mom through all the grief, man. And if there was one thing in my life that I could go back and change, that would be like right up there in the in the top group of things is just not put her through that bullshit. Um, yeah, but, but that's probably when you're thinking of when I didn't come to school for like a month. Yeah. I think we were allowed to miss like 15 days of school for a semester, so half a year. And I remember I missed like 47 days one semester. And yeah, it was so yeah. bad. I didn't want to go to yeah. school. And I remember one time I rang up the, the principal and he's like, Tingley, where are you? I'm like, I'm not coming to school. I can't get out. Um, my car's broken down. He's like, we'll come and pick you up. They fucking came and picked me up. The Fuck. principal <laughs> and the vice principal came and picked me up at home. The motherfuckers. I'll never forget that. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> and I was already half drunk, of course. Oh, you know? Of course, of course. They just wanted to help you, man. When did yeah, you start uh, getting out of that? Yeah situation mentally um when, when i moved to california so complete change of everything like removed from everyone i knew um everything i knew uh just completely different life and believe it or not like we we, we all can kind of chuckle about this and have fun but i mean i went straight to aa i went to aa for two and a half years and it actually did me a lot of good because it wasn't so much the alcohol in that. It was just more about coping with life and dealing with the day-to-day -day bullshit that we're all going to go through and just realizing that sometimes you just need to nut up and face it. Because um, I, I was that weird kid. I graduated at 17, right? So, I mean, I was young when I got out of high school. I mean, the average is 18. There's guys graduate at 19 or 20. So I was still a fucking – what do they call it? A fucking uh, man boy or whatever oh, it is. Yeah. I was still fucking growing up. Yeah. And yeah, I was just disillusioned with life in general. But yeah, when, when I moved, basically you took me out of that environment and just like the whole lab experiment, just dumped me into Southern California and it was like wisen up quick or just be everybody's bitch. And yeah, that, that changed things really quick. Well, and I just want to say too, he came from uh, the same high school that I came from 
And we had uh, a guidance counselor that flat out told me, my wife, uh, several of my friends growing up, uh, uh, a lot of people, like, you just won't make it. You know what? You, you're not smart enough. You won't go to college. So you just – you probably won't even make it through high school. Let's just go ahead and drop out now, get your GED, and move on. Jesus. Like, he would flat out tell people that. Like, he told me, like, I'm not – you're not smart enough to go to college. You, you don't even need to worry about that. College? You're barely going to be a construction worker. Come on, man. I had a you friend. Know? I had a friend in high school whose counselor basically told him the same thing. You know, and I remember he told a friend of mine, her name was Angie. Uh, she was a really little short girl, a little short thing. Um, big boobs. That's probably where my fetish for short girls with big boobs comes from, to be honest. I think uh, everybody but, has. But he told I know her the one. that. I know the one. He told, yeah, I know you do. He And she's crazy, too. He told her the same thing, and she took his advice. And she dropped out, like became a stripper, like... Ended up getting pregnant. Now she's in Florida of all fucking places, trying to living raise, her best life, trying to I'm raise sure. a kid, and you know, like waitress and stuff, and all this crap, man. You know, like I, I was know, seriously worried about her for a while. And then I found her on Facebook, and all's good now. Being a stripper sounds awesome. I, I you know, I, I always assumed she was a stripper. <laughs> I guess I can't really one hundred percent say she was. It's good money, but you, as long as you know when Better you get money out, I'm making. As long as you know when to get out, man. Yeah, man. You know. Yeah. Hey, you can make a lot of money. Well, um, go ahead, JT. JT, you need to take a break. Well, I told I <laughs> in in a second here. I'll I'll, t- I'll tell you this story and then I'll let you guys ruminate. Well, like when uh, <laughs> yeah, I usually I don't drink when we're doing the show, but it's kind of running through me kind of fast. So, uh-huh. um, no, uh, so basically what he did to me, Scotty. Remember, I told you. I went to we, – we kind of hashed over this for the listeners. We've talked about this before. But basically I went into high school and they threw me straight into algebra, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because, um, yeah, I fucking basically cheated in uh, middle school to keep my parents happy and then they threw me straight into algebra. And after two weeks in algebra, I think I had like a 41%. You had no clue grade, what was going on. And right? they hauled me now. Yeah. And, and Mr. Mackey – hold me in to say oh, oh what's your problem what's your problem you know uh, the teacher says you're not applying yourself and I, I just told him i said well maybe i'm just too stupid so he goes okay we're gonna give you an iq test so he gives me a fucking iq test and then he goes well uh yeah i don't think that's the problem and i said why is that oh you got a you scored a 147 and then um and then after that um he just basically let me do whatever the fuck i wanted because he realized it was just that i didn't care it wasn't that i didn't have any brains it's just I didn't give a shit about what time a train left Cleveland right. and when it was going to get to fucking, um, yeah, to uh, Oshkosh, whatever it was. I just didn't care. And, uh, yeah, it used to drive him crazy because he, he – of everyone in, in the school, he knew that I had I had the basis to be more. I just – but I just didn't give a shit about things like algebra. And oh, he knew. Grammar. Like I've always been – yeah, I've always been interested in like English and literature and and find math, add, subtract, multiply, divide. Right. But um, we so we had this teacher, and again, Scotty knows this oh story. She was known to be like really. She was against interracial marriage and that. Oh, she. And oh. so I'll never forget she's one a straight time. Straight up bigot. Yeah, Jeez. she she called me up. She calls me up in the class right, and she goes, "Oh, Tingley, what's your problem with uh, algebra?" And I just said to her straight up, I look right in her eyes and I go. <laughs> I just don't think that letters and numbers uh, (laughs) belong together. 
And she got so pissed off. Her face just goes red. <laughs> Go and sit down. And she sent me to Dibble's office because she got, you know, she totally got the fucking torpedo I sent her way. And after that, it was like, yeah, you need to get him out of here. You need to find another math class for him. Did you really do that? All right, I'll be right back, boys. I did. I did. Yeah, Mrs. Spears. Oh, it even says her name. Oh, oh man. I'm not going to say oh, the yeah, name. Oh, yeah, man. Fuck it. I'm I not, don't care. I'm not going to say the name of our guidance counselor, but we used to call him Fuzz Crack or Fuzzback. <laughs> Who needs a name when you well, got I'm that, Well, I'm just right? saying that rhymed with his name. So. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, he was a total piece of shit. But then in the same vein, like my – and, and I, I say R, but R like uh, – did you guys ever have like home ec where you would learn to sew and like learn how to put a button? Oh back yeah, on? I went in all the classes you know? where so, all the girls so we, were. Oh hell yes! I had home ec. So we did home ec, and we had a teacher who was absolutely fan fucking tastic. It'd come time for like a test, and she would hand draw like kitchen utensils on on the fucking thing, and you and then we would use ditto copiers, right? So it was like blue. You have that that blue ink, that purple shit. You'd smell it. Oh, oh that ditto <laughs> smells amazing. You know. You nice. know when They'd come buzz. out right. You'd have the little pink, purple shit on the end of your nose from sniffing <laughs> it. So she'd always go rattle off a bunch of those, and you never could tell what it was. And she'd come around and see us struggling, even if you weren't struggling. She'd be like, "Dustin, you you know what you, you know what this one is." And then she'd point like to whatever, and you're like, "I I, I don't know what that is, Miss Ofka. I, I I have no clue." And she'd be like, "Well, you know what it is." And then she'd look around, and granted, you were all at tables like this, so like it was me to you, right? There's another person in between us, and then she'd look at you, lean in, and go, "It's a spatula." <laughs> and she'd do that for every fucking question. So all you had to do was stall her out, and she'd tell you the answer to everything, nice. man. We had a teacher in uh, my science <laughs> class named Mr. Chumney. Mr. Chumney. Mr. Chumley. And Mr. Mm. Chumley's thing, when he would make tests, he loved putting true or false questions on that test. <sighs> uh, let me see the pen real quick. Oh, here, you need another one? I got one over here. Give me a, give me a black marker. Ooh, black give me marker. a Sharpie. Something that way I show can, up. There yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. So what we would do is, in Mr. Chumley's class, when we didn't know the answer, we would do like this, and we would go a line like this, and then we'd go here, but then we'd put a little... Okay. Like beside. <laughs> so it could be interpreted Whip it up there, right in front of Dave's Here camera, there, so we can see. There you yeah, go. there you go. There you go. So you do something like that. Yeah. So it could be interpreted as either a T or an S. <laughs> and then Mr. Chum, because you got to remember, on the paper, it's like this big, and and so it's like he tiny. Could, he'd go through and connect it, and then he would call you up to his uh, table, and all you had to do was say yes, <laughs> and because he'd be grading papers, and he'd be like, "Mr. Burton, come on." And he go, does that say true? And I go, yes, sir. He goes, all right, you can go. And he then, would never and, ask like, does it say false? Mm-mm. It was always, is it true? Yeah. Like, if no, he just, it would always be like he the would right ask answer. You, is this the right answer? I yes. don't know if it was like that for everybody, but I know me and everybody <laughs> I talked to about it later. We all did the same shit, and and Mr. Chumley would tell us what they answered. Not not, not meaning to, but. Money on the boards, boys. So JT, I just told him the story about Miss Afka and the and the tests. Spatula. That's a spatula. Well, it looks like a <laughs> dude with a dick hanging out that you drew. I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> like some of my favorite fucking oh, moments man. in high school happened in that lady's class. God bless her. She ain't teaching anymore, but she was amazing. I had an art teacher like that. that... I got. Go ahead, JT. <laughs> I. 
always when I got in trouble, it was very rarely like, you know, when, when like, when I mean trouble, I mean, I didn't give a shit what they said at school, (laughs) but when it actually progressed to my parents being involved, the times I got in trouble, it was almost always for me being smart ass. And I mean, not, not that you would think uh, anything else there, uh, Scotty, but like, (laughs) of course we know middle, we, we, we know middle school and we've talked about Mr. Mafia and I can't tell you the amount of times (laughs) he'd say to us, Here's here's a classic one, right? He goes, he <laughs> goes. Okay, he goes. Is. Today, computers do the math. That's what right. used to use what used to do the math, right? And people are like, oh, animals, you know? Or no, no, people are like compu- uh, calculators. calculators. Yeah, but before that, you know, Rick Ginger people, said and then Chinese I go, you know, people. I put my hand up and I go, animals, and he goes, Tingly, you smart ass, fucking go and see the principal, <laughs> and I just go out in the hall. And I'd sit out in the hall for like 10 minutes and act like I went to principal's <laughs> office. And I'd come back in with my head down, you know, and like fucking cowed. And I'd be like, he's like, oh, I'm sorry to send you, you know, but you've got to learn. You, you you can't act up in class. I'm like, oh, you're right. I'm so yes, sorry. Sir. I'll never do it again. And then the fucking next day, I'd be <sighs> front and center to be the fucking smart ass again. And uh, yeah, it was almost always when I got in trouble um, in school, it would be for some smart ass comment I had. And. And uh, I remember my mom used to tell me, oh, your teachers just hate it because you fucking probably already know more about life than they do. Probably. And my dad, of course, my stepdad being from the Great Depression, he's like, oh, you just don't fucking listen and you don't know yourself, you know. And it's like, yeah, dad, you know, because, again, knowing how many fucking watermelon I can sell for $22, you know, that's going to get me far in life, you know. But Thanks, dad. Those word problems. I love it. Oh, man. yeah. Wouldn't it be great if more if we would have discovered that we re- how much we more we really knew than they did and what areas we knew more about than they do those who don't at know an earlier teach. age or wait no is that right is that the right saying you know who- if i knew now back in high school i'd fucking dominate that bitch how Bro. flawed everyone is right oh, yeah <laughs> yeah you and me back both. then i cared absolutely oh my god i can't do that that, that girl's gonna make fun of me oh, she's a girl grown-ups were infallible you know? man like, i'd be slaying right now so we go back in time you no, know I, yeah. I know i know it's not totally 100 percent. a lot of you know and that's that's another part of growing up is you get to see that flaw in that 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 infallible, yeah. you know, adult that you looked up to as a yep. child, and yep. then oh man, he's just some fucking guy. Right? Suddenly now he's a slum lord and he's fucking everybody over, like our, <laughs> you know, like our 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 elementary principal, and you know, shit like that. Life is funny sometimes, you know, right? It's it's amazing. Boys, you want to take a break? Get I gotta take a cool break. Down? I gotta take a piss, boys. Right. Taking a piss on, on the old seventy-seven. <laughs> All right, man. We will be back for we the will. cool down. JT, you hanging with us all night, brother? Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> all right. That's right what on, we man. like to hear. Good shit. Oh, uh, yeah. Back we'll after back. this, folks. I'm starting to float here, Dave. Floating, Dave. Slits, please. Sorry. Bartender. Slits. Could I have a Slits? Warren's Tavern. There's just one Schlitz, yeah, yeah, nothing else comes near. When you're out of Schlitz, you're out of beer. What makes Schlitz irreplaceable? Taste it. 
This is the most carefully brewed beer in the world. It takes 1,174 careful brewing steps to create that special taste. Real gusto in the great light beer. If you like it, like with a big taste too, there's only one brew that will do when you're out of schlitz. Call for help. You're out of beer. Real gusto in the great light beer schlitz. The beer that made Milwaukee famous. Everybody was running out buying his jerseys. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Cooling it down with the old 77. So, any hoodles. Welcome back. Welcome boys. back. <laughs> what, yeah. were we, what, what were we talking We're in the about? cool down, bro. Fucking Fidel's over there right, in New I, Zealand. F- F- Fidel is going to seize the mic because I've got a few things. Cooling Look, I've, I've really enjoyed... The, the whole thing, but there's there's a few things that I know we haven't covered that I do want to get to. So um, uh, I, I am inebriated, no doubt. Um, <laughs> I've probably taken about a year off of my life with all of the bourbon and fucking booze. And, oh, and, shit. Uh, if you've just I'm, done that tonight, I'm, what a, I'm this way every week, but, bro. Well, hey, I, I think that I'm coming around to your... Uh, your reasoning, Scotty, and uh, look, I, I, I am enjoying myself, no doubt. So the first thing was, just before I forget, so the Mississippi connection. Yeah. So uh, my stepbrother used to live in Meridian, oh. and I got to go down there in about 87, 88, and I was just going to ask, if you don't know, that's all good, but have you heard the story about Robert Johnson and the Crossroads? Of course. Yeah. Well, I was hoping I was hoping you were going to say yeah because if not, I'd say, did you really live in Mississippi or <laughs> about how he sold his soul to the devil <laughs> yeah. and to learn how to play, right? That, yeah, the the original member supposedly the original member of the Twenty Seven Club, and uh, I've had a guest, which again because I'm such a shit host of the Paranormal Sun, I've got like <clears throat> ten recorded episodes with some awesome guests and this one guy he wrote a book called the led zeppelin curse and we've recorded and we talked about robert johnson and that and definitely going to get to that so the song from cream almost everyone's probably if you actually listen to it it's like went down to the crossroads from clapton mm-hmm. and cream so that was written about this story of robert johnson yeah. and basically him going down to the crossroads burying this jar and selling his soul to the devil to become this great guitarist. Now, again, I want to do an episode on this, but fuck, I've got like 500 episodes of stuff I want to do. So the the basic short of it is that Robert Johnson was from Mississippi. He was playing in clubs up in uh, Chicago, and they said that he went back home for a few weeks and he turned up back in Chicago, and it was like – one of us in high school, you know, being in band, and then all of a sudden we're fucking Jimi Hendrix with the guitar, right? It was right. just oh, yeah. night and day. Yeah. And so I, I was just going to ask, do you know, like, any local stories from Mississippi? Any kind of flavor that you can add that maybe we haven't heard of? Or um, just, you know, growing up, what what was kind of the scuttlebutt about it? Well, what I always heard was it was a thing that you could do, like that anybody could do it. And uh, you would you would uh, go down to uh, the an abandoned crossroad uh, at midnight, and you had to take your guitar with you. And then the devil would take your guitar, and he would tune it, and he would uh, give it back to you. 
And then uh, once you did that, you were making a pact with the devil that, like, you were promised all of the fame and all of the uh, everything, but uh, you were trading in your, of course, your soul and a limit of time on your life for that. And uh, never seemed like that sweet of a deal to me. Don't get me wrong. I love rock and roll. I love the blues. I love all of that, but... Uh, and I did live really, really, really close, like within walking distance from an abandoned crossroad that, you well, know, that awesome. would have qualified nice. for. And I often, the most I ever thought of it was how cool would it be to shoot like a movie or something scene uh, or a music video with something like that. Yeah. Uh, so like a storyline down there. I, I I never really bought into it, but there we we there's a lot of superstition like that, uh, where I'm from. So yeah, I've heard I've heard the that story before. I didn't hear about burying the jar. I never heard that one, but I but the way they always told it. And then didn't he like turn his back to the crowd so that you couldn't see what his hands were doing? Wasn't that him also? No, that yeah, yeah, but that exactly was, that's yeah. him. That was also Jimi Hendrix, though, too. He used to do that because, uh, like, competitors, <laughs> namely was, George Harrison, well, would be out in the crowd trying to copy him. Didn't he tune his guitar a certain way that where only he knew how to play yes. it? Yes. Because I had a buddy of mine that did that, too. Hendrix? Uh, mm-hmm. Nah. He used standard. Well, that, well, well, that's kind of the... I'm not saying it was a fact, but I'm just saying that's kind of how the story makes you think on a subliminal level okay robert johnson did it this way Jimi hendrix was like his spiritual successor Mm -hmm. maybe he had a connection to uh robert johnson maybe he had a connection to selling his soul because again when we started talking about the 27 club again it really kicked off with Jimi hendrix because i think he died first out of him janice joplin and uh morrison you know uh, what the weed, yeah, Morrison. Thank you. This is totally the weed talking, man. But I like to think that if there's <laughs> any legitimacy at all to the to that story, that maybe he's passing on the curse to someone else as yeah. a trade off. Well, at the tail end. Well, wouldn't that be everyone who died in the Twenty Seven Club? They passed it to each other. They passed it to each other. So the latest would have been uh, who? Amy Winehouse. She was twenty seven. Amy Winehouse, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Cobain was 27. Yeah. Um, well, to me, I, I do believe that there are people that are born and, you know, they go down a certain path and then they're like, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, if yes. that makes sense. It's yes, like totally. so yeah. many people are talking about it. So a perfect example to me is Mickey Mantle. Now, it's got nothing to do with the 27 Club, but Mickey Mantle's dad and Mickey Mantle's granddad had a congenitive disease and they both died in like their 40s and so mickey mantle lived lived hard you know he banged everything he could get his hands on he drank all he could because he thought he was going to be dead by the time he was 40 because his dad was and his grandfather was so when he didn't die he was like oh fuck you know i've ruined my liver what do i do now um (laughs) because he didn't drop over dead (laughs) like he expected to and um yeah and and guys like now uh, (laughs) Yeah, and and of course it's a bit different when you when you take your own life like Kurt, Kurt Cobain did. That's a different kettle of fish. Well, you guys but, were talking um, about bon you know, Scott. They were, I mean, he wasn't twenty seven, but yeah. You guys were talking about they were playing in different tunes and different keys. Kurt Cobain was that way. 
He tuned a half step down. But he didn't tune, to be honest. The more <laughs> out of tune your guitar was, the better the Nirvana song you were trying yeah. to copy sounded. He had a very unusual songwriting style. Plus, like, he used to have a habit of breaking his guitars. Like, every show, he would just, ah, and smash them. I and wonder who after, he got that from. Well, And then and, after the show, he would go back and pick all the pieces <laughs> up, and then he would glue the fucking thing back together. So he had, like, and, and four. And, gentlemen, I, I should... I should say, like Dave and you guys are musicians. I'm not. I, I'm the about the closest I ever got to a musician was playing a fucking clarinet and band, right? So, I mean, you guys know. I'm just going off of what I've he heard. Knows. So, I oh, should, yeah. I should definitely say, you know, you guys know much more about this than I do about the actual playing of the instruments. Dave, all the way, not me. That guy. I'm just a big fan. The guy in the blue. Dave knows the guts of it. That's the guy right there. So if you want to know something funny, if this is exactly what we're talking about, the other day on Facebook, somebody randomly, I don't even know who the fuck it was, puts, want to learn guitar? Who in Jeff City? Who should I go to? I saw 30 posts that said Dave Jordan. I was very humbled by that. Seriously, you I was know, very it was like boom, that. boom, 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 boom. Dave Jordan, Dave yeah. Jordan, Dave Jordan. Like, damn, that made me feel very good because I've been teaching for like that's the guy to go to right there. Six years now or so, and I was just talking to my wife about this. Like, I'm just recently to the point now where like most of my new students are people that I've gotten through like word of mouth. Yeah, you know, like was this the other night when she hung you up like a slab of beef and did the the Rocky Balboa? You guys, <laughs> you guys were just having a having a casual talk. Well, depending on how quick the cool no, down, no, that, that was at my house, uh, Scotty. That's this is I got fucking life. hung up like a slab of beef, <laughs> right? She's oh yeah, just, I forget your wife beat you up. She's that's just punching the this shit out of him, yeah, right? That's true. So, baby, like how was your so, day? So, so, boys, <laughs> snoo snoo. So, I know you like to rag on Dave. I know you guys like to rag on Dave about his wife. So, I've got to defend Dave, and I'm going to tell you why. So, I'm probably five eight ish by six foot. She likes to say she's five eleven, but <laughs> I always joke with her about. There's a famous scene from Black Adder where. Um, there's, there's one of the guys, uh, trying to think of where you'd know him from. Anyway, he like, basically they're trying to get out of the war and sent back to England. So he dresses up as a woman and, um, they're saying, Oh, wait until the general finds out you're the strapping six footer from the rough side of the trench. Is that Hugh Laurie? And, uh, and fucking violent. Yeah. Hugh Laurie. That's it. House. So that's House. House. Thank you, Scotty. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a big Black Adder fan. Like <laughs> fucking, I'm always yeah, always have been. So um, yeah, uh, you know, I I have to defend Dave because uh, Dave, you both in the fucking uh, we're not in the woman haters club. We're in the yes ma'am club. Yes so, ma'am. Yeah, I hear you. Yes ma'am. Please hey. don't pick me up and beat me up. I'm in the no ma'am club, like Al Bundy. <laughs> Congratulations, brother. <laughs> Got that hand in the hey, pants. Hey, my nickname. My my nickname in high school was Al because I was always quoting Al Bundy because yes. that's when it was like married with children was like the phenomenon and you couldn't get away with the shit on you now we used no. to have a girl on our bus no, right no. and she was cool she was awesome because she would play along with me and I'd go I called her Marcy I won't I won't say her name but I'd go hey Marcy pull up an egg you know and I used to tell <laughs> jokes like I'd say. 
what what do you and pirates have in common? And I'd say you both have sunken chests, you know? <laughs> and she'd, she'd fucking play along with it. I'm sure Scotty knows exactly who I'm talking about. But now I'd probably be sent off to the fucking loony bin for fucking... They'd probably shoot me up with a bunch of steroids or fucking something to do if it's you the know, girl they'd I'm say, oh that of. boy's got a lot of hate in him if <laughs> if it's the girl i'm thinking of she used to get up early every morning because her dad would hook her up to the plow and then she would plow the fields Jesus. well I, i'll say her surname because it's a common name so it was johnson <laughs> <laughs> same chick so yeah it's the same one i'm thinking of yeah so yeah. if it's also like we were really bastards to her when we were younger i remember one kid oh yeah fuck yeah. she had horse teeth really bad oh and we like just for instance like we used to call her like you know <laughs> you ever do the thing like hey how old are you honey you and, know? Ever, and all the guys will oh yeah and then you just sit there. I, I give her credit, though, because she'd sit there and she'd play along with it on the bus. Oh, I'd be was... like, oh, hey, Marcy, why don't you pull up an egg and fucking, you know, let's have a talk. Man to man, you know. And we would yeah. over there be like, yeah, how she... old are you? One, two, you know, <laughs> fuckers. Dude, I have fond <laughs> memories of watching Married with Children at 1030 at night. No, at 11 at it night. It shaped my life. Because, and this was like when I was in fifth grade, because after the local news, it would the Simpsons would come on. And then after that, it would be Married with Children, and I always watched that shit. Me and my homie John, we would talk about it at the bus stop every morning before Dude, school. when that love and marriage theme kicked, you were, uh! That Frank Sinatra. Right? Yeah. Fuck uh, yeah. yeah. My parents were also, they were very TV strict. They were strict on everything, but uh, they would be in bed by the time Conan came on. Uh, yeah, yeah. I used and to tape Conan on VHS cassettes. That was my <laughs> shit. Yeah, I loved Conan. The yeah. only thing I taped religiously on VHS cassettes was every Saturday night on PBS from 9.30 to 2 in the morning, they ran back-to-back-to-back to back to back Red, Red Dwarf. Dwarf. Fuck yeah. Oh, Fucking Red, Red Dwarf. Bum, Red bum, Dwarf. Bum, bum, um, bum. Are You Being Served? Yep. Uh, Black Cat. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Did you ever see All L-O-L-O. the shit, Scotty. That's it. We were in that weird group. Yep. Did you guys ever see L-O-L-O? I don't think I don't so. Think so. What about yep. yep. Faulty yep. Towers I did, is what definitely. I remember. I, I love that show. Dad's Army. Renee. Yeah. Renee. Renee, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, Cafe Renee. Renee Artois. <laughs> God, you guys are uh, you guys are going over my head. On, Good morning. Stuff, Officer Crabtree is my favorite character. That's 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 all right. I'll, gi- I'll give you a new one you guys probably haven't seen in the U.S. I'll give you two excellent series you should be able to find online. So the first one, one of my absolute favorites. Now, Scotty, you've been my friend on Facebook for years, so you would have seen these different – you'll see me post up. Like there was a guy, and he's wearing like this fucking jacket, and there was another one. He's wearing a top hat, right? Yeah. So that came from um, that came from Only Fools and Horses. Oh, I Fuck, was just that series is awesome. Only Fools and Horses and another one that – Started out, it was a bit of a slow fizzer, but fuck, it's funny. And you look at it now and you go, oh, my God, I don't know how they got away with that because they'd make jokes about how women couldn't work and everything else. And it's uh, on the buses because we get a lot of uh, uh, ex-British comedies here uh, to this day. So on the buses, that's another one. It's got some really fun shit in that. It's very much gag and they've got a bit of uh, like Three Stooges physical joke type comedy. But yeah, both of those, man. And um, if you want a newer one, you can find it all on YouTube. It's called Black Books. Yeah, I've heard of Black Books. I've not watched. That's it yet. awesome. Yeah, fucking uh, Black Black Books is epic, man. It's um, correct. And, me if and I'm wrong. there'll be 
I got a question before we move too far away from the topic. Uh, Only Fools and Horses, that's the one that's kind of like Sanford and Son. Like it's got a, a lot of the same kind of it's, humor. Yeah, so you've got two brothers. You've got an older brother, Del Boy, and then you've got a younger brother, Rodney. And then they live with, they start out living with their grandfather, and then he passes away, and their uncle moves in, and they live in like basically U.S. speak. They live in like a state house, like a, a, a housing complex apartment. Okay. And he's always trying to get ahead in life. And Del Boy's famous phrase is um, "He who hears wins," which comes from the SAS, the the British Special Air Service, um, which is like the Navy SEALs kind of in the UK. And he's just, he's a hustler. He's always trying to get ahead and he's always up to something. He's always screwing people over. But fuck that series, man. I'll tell you, if I would have seen it, Scotty, when you and I were watching PBS back yeah. in the day, it's an epic series, man. You got to check it out. It's awesome. Like if, if there was one series I'd say you hadn't seen, Check it out. It's called Only Fools and Horses. Uh, yeah, I, I can confirm. I've seen a little bit of it years ago, but I remember it being I remember being very cracked up by that show. <laughs> he's he's always up to shit. So like um so the main character, Del Boy, right? He he tells this Chinese guy who's got a Chinese restaurant. He's like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna paint your restaurant," you know. And he goes, uh, and the Chinese guy's trying to name the color. He's like, "Oh no no, leave it leave it to my artist, who's his youngest brother, who's useless." So he paints it, <laughs> and he paints it in like this fucking uh, neon yellow color. And the Chinese guy rings him up, and he's like, "Oh my fucking chefs have to wear sunglasses; they can't see." And he's so cunning. He co- he goes, "I'm saving electricity because now they don't need the lights on." And what it was was he had another friend of his that stole the paint from the from the uh, British Rail, and they painted the tunnels with this fucking like neon yellow color, so they could see when they're in the tunnels. Yeah, oh, it's just he was always up to shit like that. It's always about this guy trying to get ahead in life, and he's just. It's like two broke girls. It's like if he just moves ahead 10 bucks this week, it's like he's getting closer to his goal, you know, because he always says oh, this time next year we'll be millionaires, you know, and he, <laughs> he, he yeah, it's it's an epic series, man. It's great. So I ran across a, a series uh, on Hulu just in clips, but it's called uh, uh, Toast of London. Oh, dude, you know, I was just Haven't seen that. I was I had abandoned that thought. Have you that- seen Toast of London? I love the Toast of London. So it, it's Matt Wells. He's the the guy from uh, uh, What We Do in the Shadows. The very yeah. proper spoken, yep. you know. And he's like a what, voice. What We Do in the Shadows is from here, buddy. Yeah, I know. What We Do in the Shadows is my <laughs> that, all-time favorite. I saw that movie. I'm going to watch it because you guys told me I need to I watch it. I saw that movie back in the day. And the thing that I remember the most that stuck with me for years is these two vampires sitting at the sink doing dishes. <laughs> and they're just having a conversation, man. And all of a sudden, it starts taking a fucking turn, and it goes sour real quick. But if you notice, they're scrubbing guts and yeah, blood. Yeah, and it's not like normal dishes, right? Yeah. Like, there's some fucking dead body in the sink, and that's just <laughs> beyond. <laughs> it, it doesn't even matter doesn't what it is, easy, right? Easy, but but they're sitting there. Right, they're sitting there fucking arguing with each other. And and it's, instead of two dudes like you know throwing fisticuffs, they get mad at each other and just fly up to the ceiling and start hissing. And they're like, <laughs> and just hissing there for a good thirty seconds. And oh, fine, I will get down first, you know. And then the one gets down and keeps, like, get down here and scrub these dishes, you know. And then they just keep going. And the it. cops show up. The cop, that's, <laughs> while they're fighting, also the cop. I think there's a scene where the cops show up. 
and they're up here on the ceiling hissing each other. <laughs> right. But they've put them under a spell that does isn't very good and doesn't last. It very doesn't long, last. But, yeah. But oh. so so those guys <laughs> being here, being a small country, we've got a saying, right? So we'll say world famous in New Zealand, right? Mm, yeah. So. The paranormal sun is not world famous in New Zealand because most of my audience is overseas. But these guys from the Flight of the Concords, they're world famous in New Zealand. Jermaine Dupree and uh, Reese Darby, right? They're fucking crack right. cups. And uh, yeah, that, that's it. And those guys, so like here, they're really well known, but overseas, it's taken a bit of time. But Flight, just Flight to go, Concords it just goes HBO, to show. Right? Yeah, yeah, that that that's it. But yeah, that's, that's I mean, that's, that's the same guys. Because I want and more from you. Them. See, it just goes to show how little we, you know, any of us like we learn. But there's so much shit out there to learn. So, for example, so Rick and Morty, right? Yeah. There's that kind of gaseous thing, like they're making fun of Star Trek. So that song, that fucking Goodbye Moon Man, that's from Jermaine Dupree, and I had no idea. You know, even living here in New Zealand, that that was, you know, that was the guy that wrote that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's just crazy how much you look at these things. What was the other one? Um, so on The Simpsons, you got Dr. Frank, right? So the professor with the glasses and, oi, claiming, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> there was the episode with his dad and his dad stealing all the Nobel Prize people's <laughs> fucking brains and putting them in his head. Lazy. Do you know who did the voice of his dad? Who? Who? Jerry Lewis. No, it was fucking no Jerry Lewis, kidding. Scotty. I had no idea because the whole character wow. is making fun of it's Jerry Lewis. Fun of Jerry, and Lewis, it was only right? yeah. So <laughs> lately, so I, I I've been in a lot of groups on Facebook, right? But lately, a couple of groups that I've had so much fun in, they're just Simpsons groups. It's just random Simpsons quotes, and somebody will put up like a time a character is disappointed and people will just post up these different gifts of <laughs> somebody being upset. But I'll tell you what guys removing like the political bullshit and all of that. And just laughing about this old school Simpson shit. It's so great because every time I see somebody react to something, it's nobody being pissed off because I right. misgendered someone. Right. It's somebody <laughs> fucking laughing because I posted up something from season three. Right. And they didn't even know there was a season three cause they're a Gen Xer, you know? They're like, yeah. oh, I didn't know about the Bear Patrol. It's like, fuck, man, we lived in the Bear Patrol days. <laughs> Common ground, man. That's what we, it's all about. We lived in the Bear Patrol days. Sports. <laughs> Dude, we're not it. the same, okay? We're not the same, kid. Yeah. Jesus. Sports, so, music, TV. I, I, I love it. So that together. was the famous joke where Homer goes, let the bears pay the bear tax. I, play, I pay the Homer tax. And he's got a $5 charge <laughs> for the Bear Patrol tax. And they've got like a fucking Bear Patrol running around an ambulance and a stealth bomber <laughs> right all out of five dollars worth of fucking taxes each a month and i was just loving it i was like fucking stealth bomber for five bucks where can you get that uh, um springfield all right guys so we've covered yeah yeah obviously which, which one of the fucking 27 or whatever it is didn't they we nail did it have down? a shelbyville though yeah didn't they nail it down wasn't it it was Springfield, Massachusetts, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, cunts. Yeah, 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 Wasn't it? Cunts. Right? I, always I was thought, always betting I, on Illinois. I thought for we sure it was Illinois. So did I. Because right up the road was Shelbyville. Well, and also because of the nuclear yep. plant. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. and, and and the people in Shelbyville were fucking inbred, all right? so <laughs> I'm just saying. <clears throat> I think my wife's got family. Tower Hill, baby. <laughs> oh, damn. That's a deep cut. So deep. It burns. Kind of like going through pain uh, uh, to get right. there. 
So, so sorry, guys. I, I know there's a couple things Dave wanted to cover over. So, Dave, Aerial School uh, documentary. Let's Dave. get into this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was good. What did you think? I thought it was great. Dustin doesn't believe it. I'm not buying it. Dustin is our show skeptic. We haven't convinced Dustin. I yet. like it. Yeah, I do too. I think it's great. Dustin, I think I think Dustin. I like it. That's that's it. We need some balance. I think Dustin thinks that I'm disappointed that he's a skeptic, but I'm not at all. I'm disappointed because I, because I was a skeptic at one point, and like you here's, know, here's the thing with me, like bringing these things to me, and I appreciate you doing it because it makes for some interest in reading and stuff like that and conversation. It, it, but the only thing I don't like about stuff like that is when I really start digging into it, and I'm always disappointed when I I'm always a little disappointed inside when when i find something i can pick apart really easily yeah so you think the aerial school is one of those things that can be easily debunked i think so even uh, with even with all of them you know like sticking by their stories they can't today. they don't that see that's the thing everybody keeps saying that but then they don't like even in the documentary they don't stick by their story like it keeps changing like it's, it's to, just too much shit to, to be changing. fair dustin and and look, I'm look, look, folks in the audience that might be going, oh, you you shutting down, Dustin. It's not that. It's that I'm fucking like nine ounces deep in my fucking buffalo trace. <laughs> um, I, Dustin, I didn't think the documentary did the best service to this case personally. And me maybe and not. David, I I think it I, I think it was a good documentary. That's but the first I think I've the heard documentary was very much. I, that's it. That's what I was going to say. I think it's very much aimed at first time experiencers of this case. Dustin, I would point you to a case in Australia that I've covered. I, sorry, again, uh, fucking nine or 10 ounces, whatever, deep in bourbon and Abadale. <laughs> no, please. Um, I've done one on the 1966 Westall case in Australia. So what I'm saying is if you think that's the only time you've ever had a UFO land and students have seen it and teachers have seen it, I've covered this case in Melbourne, Australia. And, and again, I'm I've open got, to got any of these being explained away. I've got paranormal. Yeah, go ahead, sorry. I've got your show in my queue right now. Like it's in my. I love it. It's in my. my Thank you. My backlog, but I do so. I listen to so many fucking podcasts right, and very. Hard. I right, understand different things it's and stuff difficult. like that. That like there is like, but you guys are in my backlog. I just haven't gotten around to to actually listening yet. But I fully intend to, and that'll be one I can check out then. If you've done a show on that in well, an episode. I, yeah, so so I haven't covered Ariel. I so, so again, shoot it to me on Facebook. Scotty Shoot me a link of the specific knows. episode if you if you have though on something different. Yeah, no, no, of of, of course. We'll um I'll, I'll connect with you after this. Yeah. Uh, no doubt. Whenever I fucking sobered up a little bit and my liver's <laughs> rehabilitated a little bit, right I'm on. like, that's oh yeah, I need to happen. get in I'm touch sorry. with this guy. Yeah, that's never gonna. I'm sorry. <laughs> so. <laughs> so 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 basically what I try and cover is hey look Roswell's great okay um Rendlesham Forest is great but I try and cover the kind of 1B cases that are really good cases but aren't so famous because what I try to get across to people in general is if you think that UFOs start and end with the 2004 Nimitz shit Fucking dream on. You just, you know, come on. Oh, I've been watching I mean, sightings it started, since the 90s. 
We I was watching it started, in the 90s. Like, I've always been interested in it. I just always, when I really yeah, dig yeah. into it for myself, I start finding shit that mm. convinces me otherwise. Yeah. Well, and, and, and again, I've got no issue, as I've always said, healthy skepticism is a must in this field because if we're just going to all jerk each other off and say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, boy, JT, oh, mm-hmm. you, you, you did a great job showing those guys. I'm not saying, like I say, I'm not saying that any of these cases I've covered are definitively proven 100% true. But I also don't agree with the bullshit that, oh, well, we don't have an ashtray from a UFO, so that means they can't exist. Oh, no, no, no. Well, what? Up, up, up until the 1870s, 1880s, the gorilla was a fucking myth, right? And then they proved a real animal. So all I'm saying, I, I do try and keep that that middle ground I'm not perfect, of course. Like I say, there are cases that, especially from a young age, I was really, uh, you know, they've they've influenced my opinion. But again, oftentimes I go back and look at those cases and I'm like, I want to cover this for the show. And I look into it and I'm like, well, there's not a lot there. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I do try and keep that middle ground. I I don't go. so, So to me, you've got two dichotomies. So you've got true believer and you've got debunker, right? So debunker is like, no matter what, I'm going to prove that this is bullshit. True believer is, no matter what, I'm going to prove this is E.T. Now, my path is the middle ground, which is I'm going to keep a skeptical mind, but at the same time, I'm going to stay open. Now, again, I, I know you haven't had a chance to listen to the show, but but Dave can back me up here. I never say, this is definitely a UFO. My whole thing is, here's what I found online and in my research you make up your opinion. And that's yeah. the whole idea behind it because like we joked, so coming full circle from the beginning and me joking about the six o'clock news, what does my opinion matter in your life? You know right. what I mean? It's I am not Jacques Vallée. I'm not fucking J. Allen Hynek. I'm not uh, George Knapp. I'm a nobody. I'm some fat fuck that sits behind a microphone down here in New Zealand, drinks bourbon, smokes fucking Cuban cigars and talks shit, right? Well, you but collect all I try to do is present... And that's the thing you do. You collect information. Like you're not a, a totally shitty fucking source of it. I mean, you you you. you I mean, there's well, all kinds of people that just collect data, and then present said data. And that's what I'm seeing. What you do is is you're collecting said data. Absolutely. And I don't well, think I, anybody's bullshitting I, me. I think they're just presenting me the data that they've collected, and then I'm looking at maybe sometimes I'll see a piece of data that they maybe overlooked. And that's the way I think right, uh, look, when, like, Dave shows me something, I end up not believing in it. Look, I, I, I fully agree with that. And there are guys that I hate on both mm. ends of the spectrum. Right. The guy, you know, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen these YouTube videos and they're like, UFO case solved. And they're postulating some shit that and somebody they, postulated yeah, in 1970. I hate and, that shit. And yeah, they always it's, it's just end clickbait with yep. the bullshit and see you nailed it right there man it's clickbait. You can't you can't I always say you can't bullshit a bullshitter and I know yeah. I know some of the tactics of a bullshitter sure, like sure, sure, like yeah. ending the video or beginning the video with now you're a smart person you're a critical <laughs> thinker. So you can put this information together and then ending with is this yeah, what I yeah. just spent the last hour trying to convince you it is? I don't know. I you don't decide. Know. Yeah, so like there are some therefore, th- there are some definite like, I've never been called earth lizard people. <laughs> I've never been called a jackass when I was buying a car. So yeah, no, to go back to your guys' point, <laughs> there are like there are some definite people, especially when you get into the UFO topic, 
that are completely full of shit. Uh, uh, Stephen Greer, <coughs> Dr. Blue Stephen birds, Greer. Blue birds, blue chickens. Uh, uh, yeah, David Wilcock. There are these guys that are f- just oh, yeah. fucking snake oil salesmen full of shit. And, and it's very no, obvious. And it sucks. And it fucking Everywhere, sucks. Doctor. And it fucking sucks for people like me <laughs> that, you know, really believe that there is something there. But then there are these people in the field that are just completely full of shit and just are just trying to scam yeah. people out of money. Oh, I you're believe, all, I believe you're something's there. there. You're yeah. always going to have those people. Yeah, for sure. I, be- I believe in it so, enough that I will look at it. So do you think like <laughs> so like with the videos that have come out, you know, uh, that have been taken uh, inside the uh, cockpits of fighter jets and stuff like. So what is your thought on that? Like, do you think that those are I already said that? Do you Me? think that they're like mil- military? Um, yeah, no, you do. You, what do you he said? Cockpit <laughs> <laughs> flying no, over the caucuses. I, well, we talked about that earlier. And what I said earlier is what I think about that. I think some cases don't know. Could be something. Something might be an alien, for all I know. But I think some of it could be some kind of weather phenomenon, like lightning that we haven't discovered yet. Like, maybe it's a different form of lightning we haven't discovered, and then we'll figure that out some damn day, and that'll be the answer, explanation. And, and, and We'll look back like, oh, look at all those savages looking at the whatever. Pull yeah. up the gimbal video. And uh, it turned out it was like some kind I'm- of thing that static electricity does that we just, I just haven't want to observed say, can you never a... tell me to pull up the gimbal again why like, pull up the gimbal <laughs> pull, pull up oh, the go fast shit dude i'm sorry is this gonna be like six guys show me your go fast scotty <laughs> the gimbal is the one where it rotates where like you know it does things that i mean my friends i've seen shit that physics. i can't explain like i've seen lights in the sky that i can't explain i live in too. the middle of fucking nowhere me too and i also and i also don't think you know like just because i've seen things oh, in the and, sky and that i can't explain like i i don't think that they're uh you know fucking alien craft what you know? what i think what i think also hinders the 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 the, 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 the ability to find the truth on some of the stuff is light pollution and because it can be, I think I, I like you. I, I was born and raised in the middle of the fucking woods. But There's, I don't I don't know if this right here is light pollution. OK, yeah. Let's, well, no, let's, no, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the the, 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 the the hindrance of us being able to study this and figure out what it could be. A lot of that is light pollution, because like when I go up here in Jeff City and I'm looking up at the sky, I don't yeah, see shit. You can't see shit. But when I'm back home at <laughs> my really grandparents house, whoa. Sorry, commercial fellas. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Oh, cute baby. When I'm at my like, grandparents' <laughs> house where I used to live back in the day, I mean, you can look up, and if you're hanging out, and you, plus you ain't hanging out outside all that much oh, anyway, yeah, yeah. but if yeah. you do, you know, I used to smoke all my weed outside yeah. and just chill on the porch and yeah. look up at the stars. Yeah, and oh, all dude, that my view of the night and, sky is great. And, and when you do that, and you're camping, that's why you always see shit when you're camping and stuff like that, because any other time you're playing on your fucking phone and shit like that. Damn, we got a great... Great commercial there for Tide. I'm here sorry. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. <clears throat> Tide. Can, can fuck you, yeah. Can you turn in, uh, the volume up on it? Uh, no. Or will that not, get us kicked yeah, off? Yeah, I don't. This might get us kicked off. Hell, I don't know, man. Because part of the great thing about you this. penis. Part of the part of the great thing about this video is that you can hear the the pilot's reaction to it, which I think is a big part of the video. All right. Yeah. Well, hold on. Hold on. Hold on, friend. For those of you watching on YouTube, if we do get kicked off, check us out Comrade. on Spotify. There we go. Yes. Check check us out on Spotify. Um, All right, here we go. Where else do you got? Uh, here we go. Here we go. Stitcher. Everywhere. On, 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 on. I'm just thinking of where video is available. Spotify oh. and YouTube. Yeah. So, so, sorry, I'm still living in the 1960s down here. 
I'm, Are they I'm still in the, the, uh, the AM studio. Is this it? Is it just a No, show? there should be a video. It's coming. Give it a second. Well, there's like the Black there's Knight Satellite. Go, 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 I go. know that the Black Knight Satellite is a very good example. Black kinda, Knight, I've done that. Covered that kind of looks like the Black Knight Satellite, and we don't know what the fuck that is. That could be any fucking thing. I've covered, I've covered here the Black Knight. Here it is, here it is, here it is, here it is. Here it is. Listen. Why are they not oh, firing? Listen. Shoot it the fuck down. We're Listen. going against the wind. The wind's 120 knots to the west. Oh, that thing, dude. Kill them all let God sort them out. Oh, my God. It's rotating. Okay, you know, dude, if I was watch, that pilot, watch, fuck watch. that. I'm going to shoot that down. It's not on us, dude. Well, watch it. It's just, again, remembering they've got to get... Uh, How's it rotating get at, that, at, that, that. at that speed? Right. Like, that defies the laws of physics. And I don't know the laws of physics. I can't answer that I don't question. know the laws of so, physics either, but I know so, but I know of guys who know the laws of physics who will Well, tell I know how shit moves. So, that didn't move like shit moves. Yeah. Even drones. It does. So, so, but I don't know. So that's a play on military video here. That, they, that the military right. is openly saying is a legit video that they don't know What's, what it is. I don't know that it so, Dave, to play Occam's Razor here. Yeah, please do. And, again, this this might sound – okay, so first off, full disclosure, folks, I'm a Libra, so I do tend to find the balance in things. But to play Occam's Razor here, it could be something from another branch of the service that has not disclosed yes. to the Navy yes. that they've got this technology. So it could be shit flying out of – uh, Andros in the Bahamas. Um, it could be shit flying out of Area 51 or China Lake or Broom Lake. Any idiot that thinks that the Air Force tells the Navy everything they've got is just, again, they're just smoking, not hopium, but dreamium. Yeah. We all know that the branches have got a long vested animosity towards each other. Can right. I make now, an let's say we went to war with Russia. At that point, they might very well say, Oh, yeah, sweet. Okay, we're all on the same board, so we'll, we're going to tell the Navy what we've got. But anybody who thinks that the Air Force or whoever else, Black Projects may be out there, is going to tell them, definitely it's this. Now, maybe this got kicked up the chain of command, and somebody mm -hmm. very high up in the Pentagon said, hey, we can't tell you the details, but that is ours, or it's something we know about, and that's all we're going to tell you. What were and you I say, think Scott? that the vast majority of these are something like that. So before they release this, you don't think this video gets circulated around like, hey, guys, we don't fucking know what this is. Is this any of yours before it, we it, say it? You don't think they doesn't just... matter, Scotty, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. It gets circled around. Okay, they find out about it, and they're like, "There's nothing in that video that proves that." Okay, so argument's sake, right? I'm just gonna say, we're gonna say for argument's sake in this video that that craft is Air Force, not Navy. There's nothing there to prove that it's U.S. Air Force. They would rather have China and Russia and all the other countries in the world go fuck. That could be U.S. secret technology that they're not telling us about. If if it was clearly marked like U.S. Air Force with a number, etc., mm -hmm. then I would argue that that video would have never seen the light of day because um, it's like Churchill in World War II, right? He used to say all the time, the truth is best 
truth is best when it's um, surrounded by a bodyguard of lies, right? So if you always keep them guessing, could it be something that the U.S. has that they're not telling us about? Or is it aliens, right? Mm. So, so you see what I'm saying? Like, it might be in the best if you look at it from overall U.S. national security, not looking at any certain department, whether it be Air Force or DARPA or whoever, it's better to keep the enemies guessing or, you know, who you consider your enemies, your adversaries in Russia and China and whoever else. Oh, shit. Is this some secret USA project? Is it an alien project? Whose is it? Sometimes you just want to keep it very foggy, very much um, – under the radar, you don't want to disclose what it is. I've got no doubt. Again, I'm really split. I don't know if any of these things are quote unquote alien. And when I say that, I've had these talks with you guys before about I've got theories that when you take UFOs, you can break them down into like eight categories. And I could spend talking with you guys about what those are. But I think the very vast majority of them are U.S. secret projects basically and that they don't want to let the world know that this is the u.s's they would rather have them guess is this the u.s's is this aliens keep them guessing keep them misdirected because if i'm russia right and i'm seeing shit like that fucking doing 90 degree turns at fucking 1500 miles an hour it's like holy shit we got nothing that can compete with that (laughs) now would you rather go to russia and say oh it's not ours Or would you rather have them thinking, well, it could be the U.S.'s, and if we do invade Poland, what are we going to be facing? You see what it's, it's, to me personally, misdirection. Whether it's ours or not, the perfect example, again, sorry guys, I'm rambling, but the Foo Fighters in World War II, all right, to, to go back to what you were saying, wouldn't we come out and say it? So in World War II in Europe, from 1942 to 1945, the, the Germans saw strange shit going on. The Russians saw strange shit going on. The U.S. saw strange shit going on. The British saw strange shit going on. Mm-hmm. And every one of them said in their minds, like German pilots would say, it must be some USA secret weapon. The USA pilot said it must be some German secret weapon. And at the end of the war, when they discussed it, it's like, that was enough. Well, no claiming this shit. Yeah. Yeah, I- exactly. But at the same time, it's like, wouldn't you rather have your enemy think that you've got some technology that can basically totally fuck them up than admit that it's extraterrestrial or interdimensional or from the fucking hollow earth or whatever. If it's me, right. And I'm running one of those secret projects. I'd rather have them guessing, you know, than having any concrete evidence. And what better time for an alien species to visit than a time when we're completely in upheaval at war. You know, you get the judge of the species. You get their character at that point. I think. Well, too. look at World War Two, right? Yeah. So, so at the beginning of World War Two, most of the air forces in the world were flying biplanes. The vast majority of the air fleets in Germany, mm-hmm. U.S., U.K., Japan, everyone was flying biplanes. By the end of the war, we're fucking launching interballistic missiles and jet aircraft yes. in six years. Yes. You know, think yeah. how fast the technology moved. Well, I mean, look how fast the human civilization has progressed in 120 years as opposed to as long as we've been on this planet. Something happened. I, I knew a lady, you know, I knew a lady in Southern California who said, right, so so she grew up in the 1920s. And in the 1920s, she was riding a horse and cart to go and see her grandfather's farm in Compton, yep. which was out in the middle of nowhere, which was farmland. 
to in 1969 watching men land on the moon right yeah so in that was my 50 years yeah man you know 50 years not even having a car mm-hmm. to fucking man landing on the moon and just fast that technology moved now me personally and i don't I talk a lot of shipments on my program, you know, basically saying they're keeping shit from us. I do understand that every government in the world, this is where some people get offside with me because they're like, oh, Russia's evil and China's evil. If you're Chinese or if you're Russian, you don't necessarily think your government is the bad guy. Okay. Now, uh, just take a side who's right and who's wrong. What I'm saying is, if you look at the other side, we're always told, like, growing up in the Cold War, Scotty, all oh, these Russians, they're going to take over Red Dawn and everything else, and they're going to crush our fucking livelihood. And Better it was the same in red. Russia, same in China. Better dead than red. That, that, that's it. So, guys, just before I get too far, I'm going to save this for after hours. So, sorry, folks. Um, I did mention it on my show, but I've got Missouri-specific mm-hmm. topics. And, hey, look, guys, if you're a fan of the Paranormal Sun, you're going to have to wait until after hours for this. Mm. I just want to cover I've got eight subjects of the Paranormal in Missouri. We're going to go through it with the boys here from the old 77. And the real question is, who's heard of any of these? Out of, so I've got eight subjects. I think that I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say out of the three of you, you'll know at least two of these subjects. Beautiful. But... All I'm saying is I'll I'll announce this when I announce my next episode of The Paranormal Sun as well, Scotty, to tell people, if you want to hear this about Missouri, spend the five bucks a month that I spend to back this awesome program of the old 77 to hear us talking about these eight paranormal subjects in Missouri. And most of them are in and around Jeff City within like a two to three hour car ride. Nice. Dude, thank you for coming and hanging with us tonight. It's always a great time when you come on, man. Look, guys, like uh, we, we joke around and we have fun and life gets in the way. But this is no bullshit. And this is from my heart. You guys are family to me. And I've said it before, Scotty, and I've done it one time and I do it again. If Scotty got a hold of me the night before and said, JT, look, we had a guest. They fell through. Can you come on? You know, can, can, can you give us some content? Dude, I'm there for you guys. I mean, you guys, it's not just about podcast supporting others you guys are genuine i I'm, i mean i love all of you uh dustin you, i know we're we're just getting to know each other but if there's anything i can do bro to uh support you you know i will oh, same to you guys i was man. gonna say there's three podcasts in this room right now yep <laughs> well on this screen i should say right now actually with dustin there's like 12 well there's like four. 14 at least yeah. right here yeah. <laughs> formerly yeah oh yeah well I'm down to two now. Well, JT's yeah, got a couple too. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. yeah. All right, boys. Unfortunate son. Yeah. We're gonna wrap this up, but if you want to stick around with That's us, right. we're gonna keep it going after hours. That's right. Join Head us on, on Patreon. Patreon. I was gonna say. Go ahead, Dave. Finish. Join us on Patreon to hear these eight stories of the paranormal from Missouri, guys. That's on right. Patreon.com/slash/the-old seventy-seven podcast. There. Are we ready to announce the new thing? Also? Five dollars a month. Yes, for five dollars a month, you can get rolling there. What is the new thing, Dustin? The new thing. You can find it all in one place at theold77.com. Holy shit! Folks. So you don't have to fuck with Facebook <laughs> and hunting us down. 
town and all of the places and all that good shit, you can just roll over to old77.com and pick your platform. Dude. That's dope, Dude, right? that's pretty fucking awesome. So there you go. Dang. What else can you ask Did, for? The old77.com. Yeah, bad. yeah, yeah. So, so if I go to the old77.com, do I get fried ravioli or do I have to pay extra for I'm that? not saying you don't. You'll just have to go find out for yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about boiled peas? Sub- or, sorry, sorry uh, boiled peanuts, I mean. Anything Sub- is possible with this podcast. Subscribe and find out. I love how Sir Chief's a lot over there with that Cuban trying to milk it for everything it's worth. <laughs> I love it. Get you some crawfish. Fuck, bro, these are about 50 bucks a piece. Man. I know, man. That you're, you're like, that's my spirit animal up there. Yeah, baby. All right. All right, All right, boys. Folks, we'll see you all next week. Join episode, us for After Hours. I was going to say episode 121 in the books. Yeah. Keep on rocking in the free world. But fuck Neil Young. Check something After Hours. <laughs>